This episode is sponsored by Hulu. The reality queen herself, Lisa Vanderpump, has a new home on Hulu and has teamed up with them to bring you the newest, most exciting reality series yet, Vanderpump Villa. In an escape to the French countryside, Lisa and her staff work, live, and play together 24-7 while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. The series offers first-class luxury with world-class drama. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them? on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Treat me right, 
What do we say? Let's, uh, well, I'm going to start with Sha It. <laughs> Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Tuesday episode. Man, we have got a lot to talk about. Um, did anybody watch Below Deck Med? This is going to be a full two hour Below Deck Med podcast. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. It's the days, uh, it's the days like these that I just. It's hard because you get hit with the news uh, about Jen Shaw at like 7.30 or 8.30 in the morning, and you're like, well, my day is ruined. <laughs> I mean, her victim's days were probably ruined as well. Uh, yeah, Jen Shaw, you guys, pled guilty in her case. We're going to get all into that noise. I got so much information to share with you guys. We're going to take a, a walk down memory lane of me interviewing Heather Gay a year ago. We're going to have fun. We're going to learn something, dare I say. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to have fun. Hopefully, we'll have some laughs. Uh, I need to do something up top of the show, and this is just for my own mental health. Uh, what if I just scream right now? Like, ah, no. Um, listen, you guys have been with me a long time, but there's a lot of new ears coming in. And I always forget that... I always forget that I'm, um, no, you know what? I don't want to say that I'm an acquired taste, but this sometimes is a little different from the length to how I cut it or don't cut it to the music. There's just a lot of moving parts and I take such pride in this. I truly love it. I think you guys can hear that. Even the people that hate me, I think they can be like, ah, oh, he really likes it. Um, so I want to tell you how to listen to this show, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not trying to mansplain this show, but I'm going to Ryan-splain this show, is that I have timestamps. 
So if you don't like the music, which, listen, for me, the music gets me going. This podcast is much for me as it is for you. Um, like I say all the time, this is me exercising my demons about all of these things I passionately love and hate and feel weird feelings about. This is all spit out into this podcast. But I like to start that with the mashup because I kind of feel like that's what this is. And to me, this is an overall show. This is a show that I would want to listen to. Now, I'm not everybody, obviously. I wish I was. I'd probably be a lot more successful in my life up to this point, but I'm not. And maybe I can take pride in that more than feeling the deep shame I felt for decades in my life, you know? So the music is what it is, but I put a timestamp on there. So if you hate that, if you're like, screw, I flipping hate me. I hate music. Give me the, give me the Bravo. Give me the dirt. I want it all. You know, you can skip it because there's a timestamp. If you just scroll your little finger uh, or big finger, I'm not trying to you know, speak out against big or small fingers, um, just scroll down and you can see where to start the show. And I know sometimes that's a pain because you just want to let it go. But if you truly like the content then and you don't like the music, skip the music. Like yesterday's show, you know, I did an hour up top, or like 45 minutes or 50 minutes up top, just talking about other pop culture stories. And then we started Sophie. Now, if you're a Sophie fan and you are here to listen to Sophie, then I can see where you might not want to listen to me talk solo. Um, so skip it. You know, go there. That's why I put the timestamp of when Sophie starts. Now, I made a horrible mistake. And I think this is, you know, God or whatever higher power you believe in, you know, keeping me humble. Every time I think of myself as cool or a little cocky, I get brought down right to earth and realize what a true nerd I am. And I will never truly be fully loved by everybody. But that's okay. I'm not complaining about that. But I made a mistake. I usually protect myself from these things. Uh, I've talked about this on the show before. But I, uh, when I first started this podcast, I think I start, I signed up for this thing called Chartable. And it keeps track of your your podcast, I guess. Or like it used to tell me like when I was charting, you know. And uh, I... I realized quite soon to not look at it. It would always come on Monday mornings and it would also give you like your reviews. And I realized reading the reviews, even the good ones were really hard for me. It's hard for me to accept love. You know, like for me, that is, it's very weird. Like I want to be loved, but it's hard for me to accept it. This isn't probably the place for that. Don't worry. I'm going to put a timestamp if you want to skip all of this and go right to Jen Shaw. Okay. I'm going to give you a second to do that. Okay, so whoever stayed here is that I made the mistake at, at uh, 8.30 in the morning when I woke up with the Jen Shaw News. I was feeling excited. I was feeling, okay, let's get this day going. How do we make this a good show tonight? I was going to just do a Southern Charm recap, but now there's got to be Jen Shaw involved. And we had all these new stories. There's a new Kardashian trailer for the new season. All of this stuff happened today. And I get this chartable email. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I wasn't going to read it, but it, it was open and my thumb kind of just scrolled, not to read per se, but usually you can see like the reviews and you'll see the stars. And I saw one star and I was like, uh-oh, oh, <laughs> that, hey, that's not the, uh, that's not five stars, is it? That's a one star. And then I was like, well, why don't I scroll a little further? And I saw like three or four bad reviews back to back. And I was like, holy moly. I was like, what is going on here? Like, listen, what is going on? And then so two of them were just like, what is this, a radio station? <laughs> Did I come here to hear music? 
Um, this is not how podcasts are supposed to be. And that is damn well right. This is not how podcasts are supposed to be. I really take a lot of pride in that. This is not, this is what it is. It's, it's this kind of weird blob like I am, and it's mixed with everything pop culture wise that we can talk about anything on this show. And I love that I can do Bravo and you guys will allow me to go over to, uh, talk about a reality show on Hulu or Fox or Netflix documentary, anything. I love that. I have the freedom to do that. So there was two people saying, complaining about the music. And I'm like, but it also like, well, and one was like decent content, but that music don't listen to the music. I'm always the, I always tell you guys, go where your heart takes you, go where your heart is happy. And then one person was just like, Hey, I do not need to hear your opinion on Roe v. Wade, Ashy, which kind of made me laugh, but kind of like, Oh, wow. Listen, that Roe v. Wade episode, I got to tell you my thoughts on it. That's just part of it. I'm not one of those guys that just shuts up and dribbles. Like I'm going to say what I feel. And I give you trigger warnings for those things. I put it in the notes as well that you might want to skip this if it's something that upsets you. But I'm going to talk about how I feel. This is my podcast. It's not yours. Um, but uh, if you ever want to start a podcast, please, I, I'm happy to give you advice on how to do that. I probably won't listen to it because we already don't agree on things. And I wouldn't do that to myself. My thing is, feel free to dislike me. Feel free in all of that stuff. I totally get it. I don't like everybody. I understand. But what I'm asking the listeners to do is that don't leave a review. Do you know how hard people work on this and mostly for free? Not just this show, but all podcasts. Why would you take the time to write something mean or hateful? Just keep it moving. Keep it classy. I don't leave reviews on anybody's podcast that, that is negative. I just, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I know to follow my bliss and to ignore something that I don't like and go to something I do. Now, if you don't like this, turn it off right now. Like right now, we've got this really cool gang right now that we're, you know, seem to be in lockstep in a lot of the ways. And I've gotten so many nice comments about my recaps and my interviews, and I'm, I'm blushing most of the time. But today was really bad. I, this is why I don't do those things. And I saw three or four bad ones, and I was just like, my God. And it's hard because when you deal with like mental health issues, sometimes like I do, it can really swing you in the wrong direction. And especially on a Monday morning when you're like trying to get going with your week and you're excited about Jen Shaw, and then your mind is so dumb that you start fixating on everybody hating you, which I know is not the case, but that's it. Just don't. And, 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 you know, here's the deal. Also, if you guys are here still from Heather's podcast, Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoopers, or uh, I know I got some new people from Comments by Celebs doing that podcast, so many nice comments, is that I'm not Comments by Celebs, and I'm definitely not Heather McDonald. And I love both of those. That those po- I mean, those are, those are amazing people. But I'm me. And you might not like me. Totally cool. Like, honestly, you, you, you probably won't. This is a little different. This is a little different what we're doing here. And I don't mean that in some kind of like bragging, like you don't understand what, no, it's just what I'm doing here. It's a little sloppy. It's a little messy, but I swear to God, you're going to have some really hard laughs and you really, there might be some cool things in here you might dig, including the music, because I get a lot of compliments on it as well, but it's okay if that's not your thing. But I would just ask you guys to like, think before you do those things and not even just for me, but for any podcast. Now, if I'm out here spewing racist shit and uh, telling to go steal things and hurt people and all that, man, you might want to leave a review and say, you got to, this guy, this guy's dangerous. Even though I am the bad boy of podcasting, I am dangerous, but just not in those ways. Um, I mean, I'll put music before a podcast. 
like the bad boy of podcasting. So it just bums me out. Uh, I know this is kind of crying over spilt milk. I realize that, but I'm always going to be honest with you. Uh, you guys know you're dealing with somebody sensitive or as Brandy Glanville would call it, uh, somebody with a mangina. Uh, she loves using that word on ultimate girls trip. So I do have a mangina, a proud, I'm a proud owner of a mangina. Uh, and that's okay. It's okay. If you think that this makes me weak and it's okay, but there's just too much work put into this for me to accept that kind of shit. Like it just, it's does not fly with me. And it's always funny because they never put like, put your phone number on it. Like, call me, talk to me. In fact, if you do want to have an actual conversation, if that's so, if, if what you really want me to hear this, I'm happy to talk to you, but email me. Don't leave a bad review. That's hurtful to the people I work for and the people I work with. Also, it, it, it hurts if somebody wants to come on and guest as the show. Like I give respectful interviews, I'm silly, I'm goofy, and I say some really outrageous things in regards to Housewives and Bravo. But other than that, I'm pretty up and up, and uh, I just don't uh, I don't think it's cool. Like, listen, I got a couple compl- uh, comments a while back. I said, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the microphone wire kept bumping, and that's annoying as hell, man. Like, yeah, write that review. I, I, need to f- I, I needed to fix that, and I did. That's a great like note. But other than that, I sometimes get the sense that we're in this day and age of just people want to fucking hurt people. I mean, I went on TikTok today. Somebody called me old and I, I shouldn't be able to talk about Jackson Ramona because I'm old. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, I'm true. I truly am old. But like, what is like who hurt you? Who the people that leave the nasty, bad reviews who hurt you? Is it okay? Like, I, I swear to God, you know, even if I went to your job and you were a shitty employee, I would never try to talk to your boss. Honestly, I would never do that. So listen, I put this timestamps there for a reason because I understand that the music might not be your thing. Uh, you know, the, the, this part of the show might not be your thing and you're just here for that part of the show. But I would say if too many things are not your thing, go to another podcast. There's so many great ones out there. You got Danny, you got watch what crap happens. You got Heather, you got comments by celebs. You got, uh, Laura, you got Kate, you got, I mean, just so many great podcasts that I highly recommend. And if you notice, I try to have as many podcasters on as possible because I want to highlight their work. The coolest thing I can do is have a podcaster on and people discover somebody new and it doesn't make me jealous. It doesn't make me, I mean, you all better still listen to my show, but I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. The more the merrier podcasting is a new industry. Do not make it full of hate. Do not also feel free to dislike anybody you else, anybody you want, but a review on that is not going to help anything except make my day just a little bit worse and make my joy stepping up to a mic a little less. And it just does. I think it's sometimes really, truly unfair that people are able to write words um, that usually aren't like actual, sometimes valid criticisms. Now, you can dislike or disagree with what I say, even though we've already established that everything I say is correct. But, But you know what I'm saying? It's like, Save it for something else, you know, like go, just go to, go to a podcast. You just genuinely a hundred percent like, how about that? Thanks for giving me a shot. It didn't work out. Let's move on. Um, so that's it. So if anybody out there is listening that does like me and hasn't left a review, please do that. I have a feeling it's all just hate right now. So I mean, congrats to the people that hate me and anybody that just hate listening to me, because I know that's a valid thing that a lot of people do with podcasts. I read comments, not on mine, but other podcasters all the time. If you're hate listening to me, I hope you're enjoying the hate. But at a certain point, go to something you really love. I don't know. Anyways, 
that's that. Boo-hoo. Okay, we're moving on because we got a lot. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Jen Shaw primarily. Uh, YouTube. Uh, Sophie. The pop culture roundup is over on the YouTube as well as the Beverly Hills recap. Uh, Ultimate Girls Trip on Patreon. Uh, I will be doing the fifth episode after I finish recording tonight. We're also going to be doing a video of that one over in the Patreon. Thank you. Hello, baddies. Uh, we got so many new subscribers to the Patreon, and it's so cool to see that something actually is bringing people over there. It seems like you really like the Ultimate uh, Girls Trip recaps, and I'm so, so flipping excited. It makes me feel, I'm just so excited. Um, and I have, I don't want to, I'm so sorry to bitch and complain because uh, I know sometimes you guys come here for silly laughs and, and I know it can sometimes help you. So sorry to complain like that. It's just that I, I, uh, I work too hard and it's one, it's something that I want to keep doing and I want to step up to the mic and be, uh, everything that I dream of, <laughs> you know, I want to be the perfect version of myself for myself. And it just, uh, I'm going to always be honest with you though, of what's bugging me. And, uh, but I also realized that could be masturbatory and annoying, and I just complained on Friday about somebody saying that they, you know, that I stole their idea. Anyways, whoever, whatever. Okay, so there's that. There's Patreon. I'm sure I'm forgetting three other things. Oh, also, we're going to be doing a T-shirt sale over on Threadless. Um, Maditza's going to let me know, but it'll be like a two-day sale where you can get T-shirts for like 13 bucks of all the So Bad It's Good t-shirts, like the I Stop Sleeping with Tristan Thompson, the Euphoria 90210 shirt, all that stuff. Very excited about that. Um, Okie dokie. Okay, we got so much. Oh, how do you even start? How do you even start? How do we start this? You want to get in the Jen Shaw side? You want, hey, you want like that's a thing. You want to get into the Jen? You are you ready to get into the Jen Shaw shit? So, you guys, we've talked a lot about Jen Shaw. Her trial was supposed to start. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to start July seventeenth, right? July seventeenth in New York, the Southern District of New York versus Jennifer Shaw. And uh, I woke up to the news. I, I I checked my phone and all of a sudden, you know how panicked you get when you go on Instagram and you already see 40 billion memes of the same, pretty much the same joke of Jen Shaw. And you're like, holy shit. I was like 30 minutes late to the jokes. All the good jokes were taken already. So, I mean, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. It's like when you, you sleep past your alarm and you're rolling, trying to find the clothes you're going to wear to school. And you're like, I've already won. Where, what the, where the fuck is my clean underwear? That kind of thing. And I see that Ronald Richards, of course, who, by the way, I said yesterday, Ronald Richards, I think, is coming on the show this week, and he is not on today, which is um, which is totally cool. He is not on today, uh, and he was going to be coming on to talk about Erica Jane, but then I was like, oh my God, let's get him on today and talk about Jen Shaw, get a twofer, but that's fine. We'll talk to him later in the week. We'll get his opinion on this and the Erica Jane thing. So I go to, to Ronald Richards' Twitter, and I see that he has been tweeting up a storm, but not about Erica Jane this time. He is tweeting about the uh, the one and only Jen Shaw, amazing Shaw, and the whole ball game has changed, folks. Uh, I wake up to this tweet, and it, first off, Ronald Richards having a bad day with Erica Jane going after his wife. Hey, why did you get on all fours, Ronald Richards' wife? Like <laughs> ridiculous, first off, but okay. Um, so 
13 hours ago, I'm, this is 9.21 p.m., Ronald Richards does four siren emojis and says, breaking, and we mean real breaking. And for that, the, the verbiage, I'm like, oh, my God, Ernest Hemingway, I'm, you're, you've got me. This is like Moby Dick. The real Jen Shaw, that's her Twitter handle, is going to plead guilty right now. In a surprise move, Jen Shaw has snuck into court to plead guilty with the court giving one minute's notice on the docket. We have been saying this for a year. No defenses. More to follow. And he he uh, screenshotted the uh, the court paper here, and it says Sidney H. Stein, U.S. District Judge. Ooh, he's good. He's good. Oh, I like it. And the United States of America versus Jen Shaw. Which, by the way, like that's the if you ever have to go to court for something, you don't want to be going against the United States of America. And I don't mean because like they have an excellent track record. It's just. It's so large, you know, it's like you want Jennifer Shaw, Shaw versus Meredith Marks, you know, you're like, okay, okay. But if you have United States of America versus Jennifer Shaw, you're like, fuck. Also, you can't just put US of A, like when they spell it out like that, you're like, damn, that's like, that's four words, United States of America. And then I was like, I think I've heard of them, the United States of America, and then versus Jen Shaw, the defendant. It says, it is hereby ordered that the change of plea hearing will take place on July 11th, 2022 at 10.30 a.m. in courtroom 23A. I wonder if that's a good courtroom, if there was like good vibes, you know. So we get this and it's signed by the judge and it's like, oh shit, like, so what is happening? And we find out that Jen Shaw is now pleading guilty to count one, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The government will dismiss the money laundering count. Remember, there are multiple counts against Jen Shaw. This will slightly mitigate her exposure, but not by much. She is facing a substantial sentence. Here are the facts she is pleading to. Now, we're going to get deep in the weeds here, folks. Are you with me? Can we do this? Can we can we pay attention to some boring court papers? Because we're going to go through some highlights here. So uh, count one, conspiracy to commit wire fraud overview of the scheme. So it says from at least in or about 2012 until at least in or about March 2021, which, by the way, the people, you guys that write court papers, I have my roommates, a lawyer, you guys like jack off with your wording. It's like, my God, like talk like people from at least in or about 2012. Why don't you say like around 2012, around 2012 until and then it goes until at least in or like you've already lost me. What are, you, what are you trying to be like? Oh, look how smart I got. I went to extra years of college. You didn't go to ASU drama school like you did, Ryan. And then it says in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere, Jennifer Shaw and Stuart Smith. Remember, Stuart Smith has already uh, folded in on Jen and has uh, testified against Jen Shaw. So Stu's gone. Stu Chains, who we know from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City as her loyal male servant or, you know, I think he was an employee. Um, it says the defendants together with others known and unknown collectively, the participants like my God, be a little bit more mysterious with these papers with others known and unknown <laughs> collectively, the participants, which now I'm like, let's see that TV show, the participants. It said carried out a wide ranging telemarketing scheme that defrauded hundreds of victims throughout the United States, many of whom were over the age of 55 by selling those victims so-called business services in quotation marks in connection with the victims purported online businesses. 
In order to perpetrate the business opportunity scheme, participants, including Jennifer Shaw and Stuart Smith, the defendants engaged in a widespread coordinated effort to traffic in lists of potential victims or quote-unquote leads, many of whom had previously made an initial investment to create an online business with other participants in the scheme. Leads were initially generated by sales floor operating in, among other places, Arizona, Nevada, and Utah. The owners and operators of those sales floors sales floors operated in coordination with several telemarketing sales floors in the New York and New Jersey area, including in Manhattan, and provided lead lists and assistance in fighting victim refund requests to other participants operating those floors. Jennifer Shaw and Stuart Smith, among other things, generated and sold leads to other participants for use by their telemarketing sales floors with the knowledge that the individuals they had identified as leads would be defrauded by the other participants. Damn. Shaw and Smith yielded a share of the fraudulent revenue per the terms of their agreement with those participants. Shaw and Smith often controlled each aspect of the frauds perpetrated by other participants on the individuals they had identified by, among other things, determining which quote-unquote coaching sales floor could buy leads from them, selecting the downstream sales floors that the coaching sales floors was permitted to pass the leads along to, choosing the firms to provide fulfillment services, that is, documents and records purporting to demonstrate that the services the participants claimed to provide to those victims were actual and legitimate setting how much the downstream sales floors could charge and determining which products each of the downstream sales floors could sell. So basically, I know that's a lot of mumbo jumbo, folks, but what it basically is, is that this is a large scale fraud operation that had many uh, little aspects to it. And Jen was at the top of that. Jen determined the price that she could sell these bogus uh, things that they were selling, these these things that they had no, they knew these business, the business ideas that they were selling had no value. And they were setting it up with these other sales floors and go like, oh, here it is over here, not knowing that Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith were connected to them as as well. So it's it's like it's a weird pyramid schemey thing where everybody's involved. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody is involved in this. It is a wide ranging operation. Uh, it says to perpetrate the business opportunity scheme, certain um Certain of the participants sold alleged services purporting to make the management of victims' businesses more efficient or profitable, including tax preparation or website design services. By the way, literally, thank God this is busted because I heard website design services and I was like, oh, my God, if Jen Shaw called me with that, I'd be like, I do need a website. I absolutely do need a web. They would have got me. They would have got me. I would have been one of the younger ones, you know, Um at the outset of the business opportunity scheme, certain participants employed by a purported fulfillment company sent a given victim electronic or paper pamphlets or provided so-called coaching sessions regarding these purported online businesses. But at no point did the defendants intend that the victims would actually earn any of the promised return on their intended investment, nor did the victims actually earn any such returns. Jen and Stu, the defendants, undertook significant efforts to conceal their roles in the business opportunity scheme. For example, Sean Smith, which, by the way, what a cool Sean Smith. It sounds like a really like a folksy act, like at Lilith Fair. Like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Shaw and Smith. And I'd be like, Galileo's head was on the block. Sorry. Shout out to the Indigo Girls. Um, for example, Sean Smith, among other things, incorporated their businesses, business entities using third-party names and instructed other participants to do the same. Used and directed others to use encrypting Encrypted messaging applications to communicate with other participants 
instructed other participants to send Sean Smith's share of certain fraud proceeds to offshore bank accounts and made numerous cash withdrawals structured to avoid currency transaction reporting requirements. So basically, you guys, it's kind of like Randall Emmett. He would use these um, use these kind of apps that, you know, like Signal or what was the what's the other one he was using? Ugh, it's escaping my memory, but there's apps where you can communicate pri- privately where it'll encrypt these messages and like the government and all these people aren't supposed to know about them or your wife or your girlfriend or blah, blah, blah. So he, they were using these messages and communicating with each other, um, which is never a good sign when you're trying to do business and they're like, use an encrypted messaging service. We do not want any of this on any kind of official record. But then when it becomes more damning, they were being paid through offshore bank accounts. Um, So uh, Jen and Stu, the defendants and others known and unknown, willfully and knowingly did combine, conspire, confederate and agree together. Wow, that's a good sentence. Combine, conspire, confederate and agree together and with each other to commit wire fraud in connection with the conduct of telemarketing as that term is defined in Title 18, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Really, they should put like graphics in this thing. They can make this a lot more entertaining, these little court papers. Um, It was a part. And it was a part and an object of the conspiracy that Jen and Stu, the defendants and others known and unknown, blah, blah, blah. I mean, some of these, they just keep repeating the same shit because it's like, do you have to, is this like when I was trying to do school essays and they'd be like a thousand words and so you keep using, and then therefore how it was to, um, yeah, they must get paid by the word here. And for obtaining money and property by means of false and fraudulent pretenses, representations and promises would and did transmit and cause to be transmitted by means of wire communication in interstate and foreign commerce, writings, signs, signals, pictures, and sounds for the purpose. I love sounds. Like Jen was making weird sounds to like do illegal business. Like caca, caca, caca. When Jen Shaw does the caca at midnight, Stuart Smith says, you will put money in an offshore caca, caca. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is all bad. Um, So Jen and Stu, Sean Smith and others induced and caused victims, many of whom were over the age of 55, to pay thousands of dollars to obtain so-called coaching and business services, which they represented would make the management of the victims' purported online businesses more efficient and more profitable, when in actuality, the services would provide little or no value to the victims' business. They're really hitting that point. Uh, so this was count two, count two conspiracy to commit money laundering. Um, so that is kind of what they did as well. But remember, they are dropping the money laundering count. So we are just with that wire fraud. So you're like Ryan, wire fraud. That's not a biggie, right? Jen can get past that. So let's get let's get into this a little bit more. Guideline stipulation: 168 months in prison. Prison is the maximum. Now, listen, I'm not Mr. Math. Mr. Podcast. I'm kind of the bad boy of podcasting, as I say earlier. So math isn't my thing because math's for nerds. But I've got a trusty calculator app on my iPhone. And if I put, this is what you're going to want to do. You're going to put, uh, I'm on the calculator app. And what it does, it has some numbers it has like 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And then it has like uh, this X, a minus, a plus, And okay. So 
168 months. So I put that in the old calculator. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the division button and the division. How do you explain a division? It's like a period. And then you got a slash and then you got another period. If you ever see that, it means you're going to divide and you're like, Ryan, what's a divide? I love reality shows. And I'd be like, well, that means you're going to, I don't know what the definite, like, I think it's like you split some <laughs> fuck. Okay. So 168 divided by 12. And you're like, Ryan, why did you go with 12? Great question. Because up to this date in the United States of America, and I think maybe everywhere, uh, there's 12 months. So like January, February, March, April, you know, May, you know, siete. Um, okay, so 168 by 12. Okay, now I'm going to hit the equal sign. And that is like two slashes on top of each other. Like they're, they're laying on top of each other. So that is 14 years. 14 is what that number comes out to, 14 years. So that is the maximum Jen Shaw can get. Now, remember, if she went to trial, I think the maximum was like 30 years. So already a great, you know, it's already great. So by this plea, she can know she cannot get more than 168 months. And you're like, Ryan, that's great. Is there any money involved? Well, there sure is. So this is the forfeiture stipulation, $6 million. And then there's a restitution of $9 million. So this means, according to Ronald Richards, she gives up $6 million in any claim on assets already seized. And when she gets out, she has to pay another $9 million. This shows how substantial her wire fraud was. So remember that, you guys. Every time you feel sad, every time you're like, boo-hoo for Jen, I need everybody to think about the victims because their boo-hoos matter more than Jen Shaw's boo-boos, boo-hoos, boo-boo-hoos. And um, remember that. It, it's, it's all about the victims here, it, it, and it, as it should be. Like Jen Shaw, you might like her on TV. You might think she's fierce. Oh, she's fun on the show, and I like when she yells, and it's funny when she dances and makes Coach Shaw angry. You know, like, great, cool. But remember, she, she committed a really bad crime. And I think there's like a special place in hell sometimes for people that actually do things um, targeting the elderly. Now, my grandma, you know, my grandma, my poor grandma is 98 years old. She wants off this earth at this point. But about, oh God, 13 years ago, I think, before she was in the uh, the home, um, she got uh, a call about somebody that they, they tried to, they sold her a new roof. They knew she was old. They knew, and my grandma would just, say yes to anything, you know, like you guys know, you have grandparents that, you know, when they get really old, like, which is just so scary. Cause I'm like, I'm just so fucked. I'm when I get, you know, when I get, I mean, what do I got two or three more years? I'm going to get to that place where I'm just like answering willy nilly phone calls and going like, yeah, here's my credit card number. That sounds great. Yeah. I love flowers. Um, so this is horrible. And for what, for money, for your cool clothes, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, Jen Shaw acted like an asshole on the show. And it was entertaining at times, but still an asshole. Let's just be honest. Let's let's keep it real. And listen, I'm not Jen Shaw's friend, so I'm not talking about Heather Gay and Meredith Marks, even though we'll get to that because it's super weird who's stood behind her. But I hope even those people, listen, if you're a true friend to somebody and they've done something this egregious and wrong, it's okay to be upset with them. It's okay to tell them, don't do this shit. I wouldn't do this shit. Don't do this shit. You represent me as much as you represent yourself and your family. Don't do this shit. I love you no matter what. 
but I don't feel like there's any tough love given to Jen Shaw because she would just try to distract and say somebody was being racist or somebody was this. It's never about like, you know, and by the way, I was really curious about her going to trial. We've talked about this many times on the show. This is why it's fascinating. Even with Kiki uh, last week, talk of shame, we were saying, I, I, I was saying that I've said this many times that I was just wanting this to start because I was truly curious of what her case was going to be. Because I was like, well, how do you argue this? I read some of the court documents already. I was like, you can't argue facts. I mean, there are facts. There's a, a paper trail. There's money documents, all of this stuff. And so since she's screaming that she's innocent, she's going to do this for every all the other people that have been blah, blah, blah. She's a champion of the, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, that's just distraction and somebody being louder than you, which was kind of Jen's whole thing on the show was just to be louder than everybody else. You know, just to like, and by the way, the second season, I didn't think it would work. And she came out looking great in the second season, which is just shocking, which somebody wrote uh, today saying, isn't it amazing that Erica Jane, we really potentially hate her more, even though Jen Shaw is, you can prove that she did this thing. And with Erica, you know, it's like she spent the money and we can prove the money went funneled through her EJ Global, but we don't know if Erica was aware of that. That was just Tom being a nice husband, putting 25 five million dollars in your account as you do all you ladies that are married know that's what your husbands do right they put a couple million in your account on a yearly basis it's totally normal regardless it's just funny did you see those pictures of erica jane wearing the blue satin tlc jammies uh you know the tlc video what is it not waterfalls but uh is it creep because i creep yeah um she was in the satin jammies going into a restaurant and i just like oh my god so funny oh my god hysterical anyways getting distracted i'm getting distracted and i have important work to do so she has to pay six million in claims so that's saying that the government can make claims to her car's her purses, anything of value. Uh, I don't know what this means. And I'm going to be having another lawyer on this week that's not Ronald Richards, I believe, on Wednesday. I'll be putting it with another interview. It's only been a quick 20-minute thing because I actually had a couple questions that she will be able to answer for us. Um, but they'll be able to get $6 million supposedly, of that, which, man, if she has – will they be able to get that shit she bought from Meredith Marks's store? Remember – when she said she went in and then like her friend supposedly stole something and he was like, I didn't steal something. How dare you? Um, and then the 9 million she has to pay when she gets out, which, so this is what we said, 14 years, the government's going to wait for 14 years to get the, the back end of that $9 million. I mean, what's going to happen with her family? How does her family, like, do, are, are they able to lay claim to coach Shaw's money? Which that's the questions I'm really curious about, which I don't think they will. But if you're married, aren't you kind of together on a lot of these things? Now, we also know that Jen Shaw is going to be continuing to film with uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Bravo is uh, standing by her on that. And I think we will get a Teresa Giudici thing where we see her go into the prison. We just truly will see that. I mean, it's not not even a 
question in my mind. It's not even, it's going to happen. So uh, you will see her going right up to that point. Now, the weird thing about that is, though, is think about this in comparison to Real Housewives of New Jersey. Now, it was uh, her and Joe Giudici that had done like tax fraud. Uh, she had signed a bunch of papers, but Teresa supposedly didn't know about any of this. And, it, you know, Joe had promised her that, that she would never have to serve time and all of this stuff, and she did. So she went in first, and then Joe went in, I believe, for four years after she had served her, uh, what was it, like a year and a half or something? Um, so you had still a lot of sympathy for Teresa. And Teresa was apologetic. And also, you know, with Teresa, you kind of believe sometimes that she doesn't have a full scope of what's in front of her. I mean, I even could argue that with Louie right now. But there's a difference, right? There's a difference between her and somebody that has completely knowingly defrauded people. She was the head of the operation. She wasn't a goon. She was the head. You know, she had underlings under her. Everybody turned on Jen Shaw. This is why the case was so solid that Ronald Richards was saying, and all of us were saying from the beginning, is like, well, what is she pleading not? What's her argument? My thought was that she was going to have some kind of argument saying, well, I didn't know what I was doing was a crime as defined by the United States of America. But this is what happens, right? When everybody's so obsessed with money. I fall into that sometimes too. I mean, like a really low scale. Like I'll sometimes pay full price for like an old Navy blazer and I'll be like, look at you. You're just getting so into the riches of this lifestyle, of the podcasting lifestyle. You paid $40 for a jacket that you know if you wait to their Labor Day sale, you can get for 40% off. Come on. What what has gotten it? You're turning into Jen Shaw, Bailey. But like all of this, for all this shit, to be on TV and like to impress people, if you watch Jen Shaw's housewife interview to get onto the show, she's bragging about how much she spends because she knows it impresses the producers because she knows like we, the audience, eat that shit up. She's living a large lifestyle. Even Demois had a picture of her in the pool from this weekend over in Miami pouring herself like here's a bottle of champagne at this fancy hotel. And it's like, dude. You guys like do you guys know people have fucking eyes? Have you heard of the internet? It's it's literally like the Tristan Thompson thing of like why are you going to finger blast somebody in a hotel lobby when you're Tristan Thompson and you know you're with some like what what? Jen, don't go to a fucking fancy hotel in Miami and pop a bottle of champagne by yourself in a pool. I don't care if you know you're going to pr- I don't care. At a certain point you act to act and fucking act like you care. At a certain point you just do. You just do. Erica, you're learning that the hard way. You're going to have to admit you care at some point. Sorry to get angry there. Um, okay, so the money, we're talking $15 million in total. But just realize, like he says, that means this scam, she had taken people for at least that much money. Um, so Ronald was patting in his own back saying uh, that uh, the... There are more severe charges because uh, he was talking about the other people charged in this case uh, in December of this past year. And he was talking about the court specifically had the defendant acknowledge the minimum sentence of two years um, in regards to Seward Smith's plea. Because remember, he plead down. Uh, we do not know what his sentence will be. But he was thinking um, if he served it consecutive to any other sentences plus the mandatory minimum five years on count seven, um, he said, you know, 
Stewart's still going to have to serve a multiple year sentence. But in this tweet from December of 2020, he says that means Genshaw is really looking at 13 to 17 years. This was a tier one, not tier a defendant like Genshaw, because he was talking about the difference between Stewart and Jen. So Stewart, for his cooperation, will get a much lesser sentence. And Jen's, you know, excuse for Stu turning was like, oh, he's just a traitor. He's just and it's like, come on, man. Remember, you guys, we're some of the smartest viewers of shows of all time. Did you sense that Stu was a a, a, a real rat? Did you sense he was, he was just a real schemer against Jen Shaw? No, but you always got a weird feeling from Jen Shaw, right? Like, listen to your gut when you watch these shows. And unfortunately, these shows are not just entertainment anymore. These shows, like I always said, has now turned towards crime and criminal activities. It's like, if you see something, say something. And it's like, my God, if you turn on Bravo, you're going to see something every week. And you're going to need to... Re- like, it's like, Crime Stoppers, Bravo edition. Um... So we will find out Stewart's, uh, you know, what he's going to get. Uh, then he posts some paperwork of here's the forfeiture ordered that uh, was just entered. Jen Shaw has to immediately pay the judgment. And if she doesn't, the government can conduct discovery as to her remaining assets and garnish her wages from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This includes sorry, any community property with Coach Shaw. And then he said, where is the Shaw squad with money? LOL. So the original tweet turned out to be not true in that she does have to pay this money immediately and they can garnish her wages if she is not being forthcoming. And community property means like if they own houses, Jen Shaw supposedly owns a place in New York that she bought with illegal funds from this uh, an apartment apartment in Manhattan. And, you know, those things aren't cheap. Um, and so uh, Ronald also published the Jen Shaw plea agreement. Um, she basically avoided 21 years exposure plus saved 180 days on guidelines. She really made horrible legal decisions along the way. Her attorneys are at fault too. Not Shaw fabulous. Ronald says, and remember that the, the attorneys were throwing everything they could to see what sticks. They were saying, uh, as, as, uh, uh, late as last week where they were saying, um, the, the, the please do not call, uh, the victims of this victims in the court, because that's unfair to Jen Shaw, who is still uh, innocent until proven guilty. Like they were just doing every little bullshit thing, I think, to either expand the amount of time to keep her there through the holidays at home, or they were just trying to see what they could do because they knew they had an unwinnable case. They just knew. So you're like unwinnable case. Well, that's that's weird because Jen Shaw shouted with everything in her her heart, her mind, her body, her soul that she was innocent and she was going to prove to the world and we would be sorry because she it would be just so proven. We would just be so we would all look like fools and then we would party like it's 1999. Free Jen Shaw as the shirts say. Now I also want to point out that I DM'd with uh, a friend today who has been in touch with Jen Shaw and has actually been one of Jen Shaw's supporters uh, throughout this ordeal. And uh, she was showing me text messages between them where it was kind of like that, like, you know, oh, fuck all these people against me, blah, 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 blah. You know, you, you, we're gonna, I'm totally innocent. Uh, then she actually uh, tipped me to another girl that is actually going to participate on this season of Salt Lake City uh, before she realized Jen Shaw was a fraud. Um, 
she relies heavily on certain people in the Bravo audience or Bravo fans. You guys might be one of them. If you reached out to Jen Shaw with a kind word, she was immediately like, yeah, and I'm innocent, blah, blah, blah. In fact, I know somebody that I also personally know that used to be friends with Jen Shaw, but it's one of those dudes that he probably will be friends with Jen Shaw again. But, you know, he, even in these last couple of weeks, has mentioned... Man, it uh, she's flat out lying. She's just flat out lying. She's getting to a point where she's just lying. And uh, I just think that about that, you know? Like, remember, what she's being charged with, the head of this operation, do you know how charming you have to be to be the head of something like this? It's, you know how loud you have to be, how smart you have to be, how manipulative you have to be. Jen Shaw is all of these things. And some of those things really are true talents. But she used them for evil. She used, like, she's obviously this naturally charismatic person. I mean, look, those fucking ladies in Salt Lake City lick her asshole on a weekly basis when they don't need to. I mean, that takes a lot of charm to be able to distract and switch the conversation like she did this past season when she was actually chased down by the feds and Homeland Security. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Isn't that incredible? I mean, I truly, I, if you go back and listen to the Salt Lake City recaps I did, you know, it was like, holy moly, this girl, like she, I mean, every, it, it's what I imagine guys that like sports seeing somebody break a tackle or something. You're like, holy shit, I thought he was down. He keeps running. So it's kind of amazing from that perspective. But then you realize there's actually real people that have been defrauded. And that's when it just gets to be a no-no. Now, uh, so we go to the sentencing, right? You're like, okay, how long did she get, Ryan? You said 14 years. Did she get 14 years? We don't know yet. Now, this is why the criminal justice system and the justice system as a whole is so fucking fucked up. Sorry for the language, kids. Earmuff it if you need to. Um, because let's do it now. We, hey, judge, we got the info, right? You want, are you going to sit on this? You want to, you want to pot, you want to like ponder it for a call? want to go out to my lake house and think about the Jen Shaw. Like, listen, I'm ready to go. Let's do it now. But, uh, so the judge goes, okay, October, October 7th, we're going to come back. We're going to do the, uh, sentencing and the, her lawyers go, I'm sorry, sir. We have another court case that day. We've been, uh, we, this is a court case where there's a court case we've been involved with for five years not to do with Jen Shaw, you guys. So they are using, they've got a, oh, I'm so busy. I'm doing my sock drawer that day. I'm, I'm trying to get, trying to find those pesky socks that I, you know, matching them up sometimes. It's so hard. You know, they're like, where'd you go? So that's going to be my day to do that. So they, they do this. I don't know if this is true or not. Listen, they're Jen Shaw's lawyers. So I'm assuming they're comfortable with lying. But so the judge is like, well, we're ready to go, but okay. So I guess we will reconvene after Thanksgiving for the sentencing. Now, you know me, I've gotten so paranoid in my Bravo podcasting days that I was like, do you think, let's just throw this out there, do you think that maybe they kind of just lied because they want to keep Jen at home with her family for at least Thanksgiving, if not Christmas? Like, do you know what? Like, hey, you know what? October, that's too early. We want to, you know, when I just then started thinking of like, they're going in, they know Jen's going to plea guilty. Is there something of like, okay, but I don't want to go in until this time. So that is, uh, that's like the big info. Those are the big broad strokes. But remember, she was going to fight with fire and hell and brimstone that she was innocent, she was innocent. Now, here's the deal. And this is what I'm trying to find out too. Can she profit off this case? Now, there is a law where like serial killers and murderers and stuff cannot profit off the case. Like, 
you know, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, if he had been still been alive, he couldn't write a book and make money off of that. But I don't know about for financial crimes. I'm going to find that out for you guys. And I'm going to have that information for you on Wednesday because I truly am curious if she can make money because I'm thinking, okay, Jen Shaw, you got the book. You got Shawshank Redemption, you know, the Jen Shaw story. Uh, she can write the book before she goes in. Maybe a ghostwriter's already started on that. She's got another season of Salt Lake City. So they're probably going to turn around the fourth season pretty quickly, if not already filming certain scenes now. You might get some shaky camera footage of Jen Shaw filming by herself. You'll get her filming with these ladies. They'll all say goodbye. They'll do maybe a PJ party where they're all doing each other's hair. Uh, my friend also pointed out this will be the last a uh, couple months that Jen Shaw can get Botox. We'll, uh, we'll be able to see how a woman naturally ages in prison over these next 14 years, which is for somebody like Jen Shaw, I mean, like for any of us, it just could be horrifying. Like, listen, watching my face gets older, get older sucks. Um, so she's going to film another season. And I, I tell you, I, with everything in my heart and soul, I know we will see her go into prison. We just will. Um, the other thing is, will Jen Shaw go to BravoCon? Now, BravoCon got announced, not announced today. We knew it was going to happen in October, but they their tickets go on sale this Friday. So this dovetails nicely a little bit. Uh, we're going to intersect with a little BravoCon news. So BravoCon tickets have been announced for sale. Very exciting, you guys. Uh, let's give you some information about this. It's October 14th through 16th at uh, New York. You can find out all information at BravoCon 2022. Com. Uh, it's going to be held at the Javits Center, which is a much bigger venue than the first BravoCon. So um, three days, 60-plus events, and 100-plus Bravo Lebs, it says. Who's coming? There's so many people coming, you guys. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, you got Patricia Alchul, Southern Charm, Taylor Armstrong, Bill Aiden, Jennifer Aiden, Cynthia Bailey, Lisa Barlow, Amanda Petula, Garcelle Bouvet, uh, Leva Bonaparte, Caroline Brooks, Giselle Bryant, like Frank Catania, Doris Catania, Kate Chastain, Andy Cohen, Craig Conover, Kyle Cook, Ashley Darby, blah blah blah, blah Paige DeSorbo, Robin Dixon, Reza, Josh Flag, Heather Gay, Golnessa, Gia Giudici, Teresa Giudici, Brandy Glanville, Evan Goldschneider, Jackie Goldschneider. Joe Gorga, Melissa Gorga, blah, 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 Luke Gulbrunson, Vicky Gunvalson, which Luke Gulbrunson be on here, I found interesting because he's not on Summer House anymore, but I think he's still on Winter House, so that's why he gets included. Um, Lindsay Hubbard, Erica Jane will be there, you guys. Ooh. Ooh. Derek Kemsley, I'm going to be at BravoCon. I'm going to be at BravoCon. Everybody want to see my pussy? <laughs> Erica, stop. Madison LaCroix. Raquel Levis, Katie Maloney, Chris Manzo, Albie Manzo, Caroline Manzo, Brooks Marks, Meredith Marks, Dorinda Medley, uh, Sierra Miller, Crystal Kung Munkoff, Minkoff, Naomi Alindo, Daniela Oliveri, Wendy Osefo, Phaedra Parks is going to be Phaedra's going to be there. Marisol Patton, Larza Pippen, Carl Radke, Kyle Richards, blah, 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 Shep Rose. I'm skipping a lot of names, guys. Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz. Ariana's not on this list, but Ariana will be there. She just didn't sign her contract in time, but Ariana will be there. Uh, Caroline Stanberry, Sutton Strack. Sutton's going to be there. You guys, if I go to BravoCon and my first meeting with Sutton is at BravoCon. I'll say, I'll say, Ron, I didn't realize. I'll say, your, your eyes are, are, like, are like the ocean. There's this blue. It's quartz blue. I'll say, I'll say. And I'll be like, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. And then I'll have like a boom box, like, and say anything. And I'll be playing like, um, 
like what's a song Sutton will like maybe like an Elton John song because she likes the Elton John AIDS fundraiser. It'll be like, I'm still standing. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be like, can you feel the love tonight? From Ryan Bailey to Sutton. Um, already having fantasies. Jill Zarin's going to be there. Captain Sandy's going to be there. And many more to be announced. And by the way, I truly believe that. I just think a lot of people didn't sign their contracts in time. So this is a who's who. I'm noticing Lisa Rinna isn't on there. So that's awesome. Very excited about that. Um, what are, what are we thinking, guys? We're going to go? We're going to do it? We're going to do it. But that's, Jen Shaw's not on this list. But, you know, if Jen Shaw's there, you know this girl has no shame. I have a feeling she would go at a drop of a hat still. Even though she's like, it's like, listen, I just don't, I don't feel like celebrating Jen Shaw. I don't feel like buying free Jen Shaw merch. I don't feel like that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to realize at some point, this shit should not be applauded. And she's a liar. She's a liar. Period. Okay, so you're saying ticket prices, Ryan. Let me tell you. Three days is a $430 plus taxes and fees. That's kind of around what Coachella is. Very pricey, but three days, $430. Now, this is crazy. VIP Bravo-holic is $825 plus taxes and fees. You get access to BravoCon all three days, a VIP fast lane at venue entrance. You get preferred seating at BravoCon panels. VIP, VIP access to photo ops with Bravo Lebs. That's the other thing. It's like, I'm not going to pay $1,000 to get a VIP experience to take a picture with Jen Shaw. Like, I'm not going to celebrate shit like that. VIP access to Bravo-themed photos and immersive experiences. Immersive experience. Travel with travel to a hundred feet with an Araga Jane's vagina. <laughs> the Araga Jane experience. Hey everybody, hold your breath. You're going under. <laughs> um, access to Bravo Bazaar shopping experience. Oh, that's nice. With the VIP, you get access to where you can buy more stuff. Uh, option to purchase tickets to add-on experiences. What are add-on experiences? Get a massage by Carl Radke. Access to six months of Peacock Premium. I already have Peacock. Can I give that to somebody? Limited time offer. Offer excludes Peacock sub subscribers built through third. Okay, this is, okay, so that's what the... And then, you guys, so that's 850 Then there is a future Bravo Leb level. That was the Bravo Holic I just read you. 1950 plus taxes and fees. So almost 2000 once you get taxes and fees. So you get acts, you get all that other shit that I just told you. Here's the differences. You get a fast lane to all themed bars, the theme bar, like just fucking do Vanderbump bars access to Bravo. Bizarre. Okay. You get complimentary access to one. Watch what happens live with Andy Cohen taping of your choice at Manhattan center. He's going to be doing five. Watch what happens lives throughout the week. Uh, that week in regards to BravoCon. You also get complimentary access to Watch What Happens Live presents Andy's Legends Ball Friday. Andy's Legends Ball. Are there just people with good balls? And let These are the B Bruce Bozzi, John Mayer's balls, Legends Balls, Andy Cohen's Legends. Um, okay, so you get complimentary access to that one watch item. you get a complimentary access to one bravo palooza add-on experience exclusive hospitality lounge with premium food and drinks i mean this is like fire fest all over here's a cheese sandwich ryan access to intimate meet and greets what is that like <laughs> meet sonia morgan with her top off um you get a premium BravoCon gift bag including official including official BravoCon t-shirt and this is where it's a real winner. It, you not just access to six months of Peacock Premium, twelve months of Peacock Premium. 
So that's the 1950. That's a very large uh, payment. That is wild. But I'm sure people will pay it. I mean, what are we thinking, guys? Are we going to go to this thing? What are we going to do? What do we do? Like, we want to do a meetup? Are we doing this? Are you guys, you know, I'm trying to gauge people's interest. Um, I want to see if you guys are going, if I think I can get a lot of content out of it for the show and talk. You know, I don't, but I also don't want to, like, like listen, I tell my honest feelings about these things. And I, I don't like... Like, there's something, like, I don't want to kiss anybody's ass, and I don't want to, like, hide from people because I've said bad things about them. And part of it makes my stomach hurt. Like, I'm so glad Lisa Rinna's not going. Erica Jane, I'm like, oh, no. Like, do I just wear, like, a disguise? I don't even think anybody of these people know what I look like, so I think I'm good. But it might be cool. I don't need it for the pictures, and I don't need people to think I'm cool because, I, you know, like, but I, it might be cool to get some cool interviews and to meet you guys. Those are the things I'm really excited about. So, anyways, that's what I was saying. Like, Jen Shaw, in regards to her case, I was thinking, well, she'll be still on trial, so she'll definitely be a BravoCon. So now she's not on trial anymore, which I wonder, that's the other thing, is if she knew always that she was going to plead guilty, they were just kind of waiting. Because if so, I think she would have signed up for BravoCon just to make a little extra cash because all these people get paid to do this. So tickets go on sale this Friday. Very exciting. But guys, we are not done with the Jennifer Shaw stuff yet, right? Because we want to dig in a little bit to... Do you guys have some time? This is going to be a long episode today because we had to do this and the Southern Charm recap. It's going to be long. And you're like, Ryan, what are you talking... Like, I don't want to hear any reviews about that. Oh, it's so long. Use the timestamp if you want to skip to Southern Charm. If you don't like me, if you don't... You know what I'm saying? Just do what you need to do. But we're going to go long today. And uh, I'm leaving it all on the dance floor because we got to talk about this. There's so many different angles to this that I find fascinating. But let's get into her castmates, if we can. Uh, this was a clip that I saw on the Page Six site today uh, that explained a little bit about the uh, the Jen Shaw case and also has a nice little clip from this past season reunion that Jen Shaw told her castmates in front of Andy Cohen. Jen Shaw's attorney revealed the reason she entered a last-minute guilty plea after previously saying she was fighting the charges. I'm fighting this. She's I am innocent. She's fighting it. And I will fight for every person out there that can't fight for themselves because they don't have the resources or the means, so they, they don't fight. I will fight because, number one, I'm innocent, and number two, I'm going to represent every other person out there that can't fight and hasn't been able to. Jen pled guilty because she wants to pay her debt to society and put this ordeal behind her and her family, said her attorney. Ms. Shaw is a good woman who crossed the line. She accepts full responsibility for her actions and deeply apologizes to all who have been harmed. Wire fraud, offering services with little to no value. We used interstate telephones and emails. Shaw responded when asked what she did wrong, according to Matthew Russell Lee of Inner City Press. I knew many of the purchasers were over the age of 55. I'm so sorry. Also, that was a really good voiceover. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, that's the other thing about this is uh, the, the, just rem just remember, I think there's so much so much information about everything these days that you forget, you know, my brain unfortunately catalogs this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, remember that thing at the reunion with Jen Shaw? Remember how much she's just lied to us on top of lying. 
Like this person is a professional liar. Do not get distracted. Stay vigilant. And by the way, if Jen Shaw DMs you for money, don't do it. I'm telling you, it's we're 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 minutes away. It's like Tristan Thompson. Don't sleep with Tristan Thompson and don't give money to Jen Shaw. Uh, it, it just seems fairly obvious. Now her castmates. You know, this is also an interesting thing because we made fun of this on the uh, pod on Monday with Sophie is that Meredith Marks in her Instagram story on uh, this weekend wrote, for those of you who may not know this, I live in the United States of America. In the U.S., one has a right to a trial and is presumed innocent until proven guilty. Meredith Marks wrote that this weekend on her Instagram for all of her followers. You know, what does Meredith Marks say now? Like, is she like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that about Jen Shaw. No, I, I, it's like about some parking tickets that Brooks has. And like, what, like, this is what I'm saying. This is how deceiving Jen Shaw and potentially horrible she is, not even potentially, is that she let her friends stand up for her in this way. Use their platforms in this way to say, what are you doing, girlfriend? We are innocent. Well, now what can we, can, she said she's guilty. Are we allowed to say now? Is it, is it, is it are, Meredith? What do you think now? Like is Meredith, I mean, my, my thought is, is that when did Jen Shaw let the ladies know that she was guilty? Have they known for a while? Listen, I had a conversation with Heather Gay on this podcast, which I'm going to play you uh, a clip of in a second, if I can find it. And uh, she said that she was standing behind Jen, you know? And so I want to know when Jen Shaw was honest. And also, I still have this kind of sneaking feeling, call me crazy, that she is still lying to people. I have a feeling that she's one of those, you know what, I had to plead guilty. I had to. Um, it was the only way. But secretly, between you and me, I'm not guilty. I'm totally innocent. Yeah. Yeah. But I had to do it for my family. Yeah, they were going to take care. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? I have a feeling she's going to want to be those, like, those people that never said they murdered the person. And then they're like, well, they got the wrong guy. I'm in here for life. You know, it's like another the staircase or something. And listen, it's not murder, but stealing money from old people, it's, you know, it's pretty up there. So Meredith says this, stands up for her. We see pictures of her and uh, Heather Gay all together, Shaw Squad. And what, what is so eerie about all of these pictures that I see is Jen Shaw ha has the brightest, most beautiful smile. She's like a beautiful woman. Looks like she doesn't have a care in the world. And you're like, oh, she's putting on a brave face. No, I have a feeling she's putting on the same face she put on when she was stealing from people. I don't think you can tell any difference. I think she's good at this shit. That's what I'm telling you. You know, she is good at this. And she was good at this for a very long time. And it finally caught up to her. So Meredith said that, which I was just like, ooh, that's just, that is rough. Um... I want to play you, of course, what I was just saying about the Heather Gay stuff, but also another thought I had, since they have already finished filming the third season of Salt Lake City, I'm presuming since we ended last season with Jen Shaw proclaiming her innocence, screaming, crying, all of this stuff to Andy, I'm assuming this season we go through with Jen Shaw telling everybody that she's innocent. In fact, the person that I know that shot with her in regards to a scene that's not a housewife, but shot with her, um, they uh, were on there to like back up Jen that she's a good person and stuff. So Jen Shaw presumably presumes her innocence the entire uh, thing of third season. 
So what do we do now? Like, is that at the very end? I tweeted this out. I was like, is it the very end uh, final episode of the third season? Is she going to be like, hey, you know about that thing where I was saying I was all innocent? Uh, JK. <laughs> yeah. April Fools. You, yeah. You got me. I was totally. I'm totally guilty. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Stuart was right. I'm guilty. Like, so let's see that scene. How does the show handle that? Danny Pellegrino, I tweeted that and he tweeted something so funny to me about, I was like cracking up. What, let me find it. He said, um, he said the camera will freeze frame on her with a smile on her face, dancing at an all cast finale party and say something like Jen changed her plea to guilty after filming wrapped. She shall lied. Um, and I was like, that is hysterical. But I said there's a 70% shot that this is exactly how they handle it. Couldn't you see that the entire season? She presumes her innocence, innocence, innocence. And then the final, in the final little postscript that they put up, like, Ramona learned to fart into a jar, is that they'll be like, Jen Shaw actually was guilty. Uh, she's looking forward to uh, learning ceramics in prison. Um, I'm so curious, because production is not dumb either. Like, we weren't dumb. If you read any of the court filings, you knew... That she was, I mean, listen, unless there was just some Hail Mary miracle, she was guilty, you know, in, in what they're accusing her of doing. So they must have planned for this. And I'm sure not that they're excited, but I'm sure they're interested in putting the her journey to prison on screen. But remember, we got to be careful with this. It's like with the Erica Jane stuff is that now they are controlling their own narrative in a sense. So Jen did that this past season. Remember that scene with her mother? This is the shit that just keeps haunting me. And because, by the way, I I, I had tweeted this out last year when when she was, um, you know, accused of this, and I had wrote this, and I still feel the same way. Uh, she. Uh, Trying to find, yeah, I said Jen Shaw is a professional liar. Wildly sad and fascinating that she's using the show as a platform to spread proven lies. It's all distraction and confusion. So that's what I had tweeted uh, December 12th, 2021. And I wrote today underneath this, I said, today's events are really sad for her family and friends, but I still believe this. The quote unquote job she held required someone who was charming, loving, and could make you believe in her. She knew she was guilty and still made her friends and family believe in her. Hope this is the beginning of a change of course for her, a change of course for her, and she can come out stronger. And we do have to believe that people can change, people can rehab, and especially if she is admitting guilt, we go, okay, okay. But it's just horrendous. Remember that episode with her mother where her mother said she was going to give Jen her retirement money of a million dollars? Remember when they were making goodie bags, I think, for homeless people, you know, because Jen Shaw all of a sudden was just so amazing to everybody? And the mom was like, I believe in you so much. I believe in you. And I, I'm going to, you know, I want to give you all of my retirement money. I mean, think about her poor kids and what they've been through so far. And remember, they've been through a lot because Jen Shaw did things that unfortunately that would get government agencies and police and stuff like that involved. I'm not saying that police always handle things amazingly, obviously, but Jen Shaw put her family in this case and it just breaks my heart to think like okay they're not going to trial but how much money did that save like how much money has jen shaw paid for lawyers so far all based on lies and listen that's america the crime is rampant especially not just with like lower level crimes we're talking high up crimes millionaires i mean some presidents even <laughs> i mean all presidents really um so we'll see 
I just that the 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 mother thing that scene just keeps sitting so poorly with me. And then to think about our castmates, I mean, how does Meredith Marks go from "Who's calling who a fraud"? Love you, baby. Bye. In the second season, to "You are innocent until proven guilty in the United States of America." Um. So. Okay. So the other thing. I want to read to you guys that I found interesting was this is a, the actual like um, transcript of today's thing is that the uh, judge was talking directly to Jen Shaw because that's part of pleading guilty is that you have to ask certain questions to make sure that this uh, person is aware they have their faculties. It's not Tom Girardi, you know, uh, he says, do you understand that the system of parole has been abolished? except for, quote, good time credit at the facility where you are located. So the facility that she's going into, um, they do not have parole there. They have good time credit, which I think is, you know, credit for good behavior. Judge Stein says, I have, been, I have before me a document sent to you and your lawyers. Did you read it before you signed it? Yes, that's her guilty document. Judge Stein says, are there any side deals I should know about? She says, no, Your Honor. Uh, Judge Stein says, in this agreement, you've agreed not to appeal if I sentence you to 168 months in prison or fewer. And she says, yes, Your Honor. Now, that's a big thing, is they want to make sure that she doesn't plead guilty and then a month later goes, I'm going to appeal the decision. Um, he, she goes, and he goes, and you've agreed to forfeit $6 million and restitution of $9 million. Yes, Your Honor. Uh, Judge Stein says, Ms. Shaw, what did you do? Wire fraud, offering services with little to no value. We used interstate telephone and emails. I knew many of the purchasers were over the age of 55. I am so sorry. That's what she said. Um, I mean, this is all just damning. This is all just damning. And listen, the sad thing for us at the end of the day is that we kept joking about this, and I still think it's funny uh is that i was really curious about jen shaw's courtroom looks you know like what was she gonna bust out of there i mean maybe that was the pressure it was too much it was like you know dressing for 10 oscar ceremonies like each day something different new hairstyle glam i mean right there you gotta save a million dollars um so uh, i do want to find that heather gay clip for you because i feel it's very enlightening in retrospect but you filmed this second season so quick. Like, are we getting another third season before October potentially? Is like that. I mean, listen, I get. I would hope. I hope. Yeah. The third season. I was thrilled to be invited back for season two and to be a part of it. And to, I'm grateful to Jen for filming it. I'm grateful to her family for letting her film it. I'm grateful that we get to. But are you nervous, like, about all of it? I mean, like, I just, I get nervous. I mean, I got just. Not, I mean, as a friend of hers, and and by the way, I go really hard on Jen. I make, I mean, I well, I make fun of the situation, and I considered myself Shaw Squad, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. But I mean, it, it's just a, it's it's rarefied air. I mean, Erica Jane's potentially going through something similar, but it's just I don't think these shows have really touched on this before. Where I was like, oh my god, is an FBI agent going to have a talking head this season? You know, like I get nervous about like. I mean, just, this is, this is uncharted territory, you know? Yes. yes. yes it is. So no, I will. And I'll speak to that. Like I, um, I don't get worried that, um, listen, the easiest thing for me to do would be, be to wash my hands of this woman. You know, yeah. she has certainly established, you know, a way out for me, you know, <laughs> like, she did that the first dip. season. She did that potentially the first season. Yeah. You know, she's given me plenty of reasons to dip and I am not dumb, but I don't want to dip. 
And like, I think about what she's facing and I want to lean in because I think good people can do bad things. And she's in it. She's claiming she's innocent. And I think even if she has to, even if she gets convicted, wrongfully convicted, she can make things right and she can redeem herself and she can show up again for a family. And I guess I'm passionate about second chances because I felt like when I got divorced, I didn't have a second chance. Like it was done. And that sucks, you know? Yeah. Well, how can you redeem some of those hairstyles though? <laughs> That's what we tune in for. It all looks good all the time. We have nothing to about. Like you want us to show up messy. You want us to take risks. You want us. No, to but even cool. for me, this was. I was just like, uh, how are? I got scared that the show was going to get canceled. I was like, we're done. We're done. That's, we cannot. That's my, that's my first mean, thought. That was my thought. thought. Was that it's done? They they yeah. screwed. Like they can't continue with the show. So I was so relieved that the show was actually. I was relieved and scared that the show was still filming, but also, you know, you have that. I, I had a line that I was going to use on you and it didn't, uh, but I was just like, usually I was like, Oh, you guys must have really nothing to talk about this season because nothing's happening probably. And, 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 and you guys have everything happening now. And it's like this, it's this weird, horrible gift for a housewife show of like, I mean, us Bravo fans better like strap up because I think this is going to be a wild ride, you know? Um, as someone that's a Bravo fan and also like, you know, straddling that fence and the housewife, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be incredible. And it's, everyone shows up and talks about everything and is experiencing it real time. And we're experiencing it real time. And so it's meta, 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 meta housewife drama. And, and yeah, but yeah, you know, we're, this is, this is happening and we're sharing it with the world. And so, you know, we need to, give every, you know, we need to give everybody credit that they're willing to like air their dirty laundry because bad people do bad things every single day. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make my bed today. I mean, like this is, (laughs) I, I, and Carl, Carl from somewhere else always says, make your bed to start the day. Um, uh, Carl and I could never date. Andy tried to set us up. I saw that. I was, I was, I was, I was livid when I saw Andy do that. Um, so that, of course, was from my interview with uh, Heather uh, that, w- that was before season two aired. They had already shot it, but it had not aired yet. And uh, really, you know, I give so much credit to Heather, first off, for coming on. Really amazing and such a good attitude about it and really answered my questions very honestly, including that one about standing behind Jen Shaw. And she said, even if she is guilty, people can make mistakes and restitution. I just, the thing that keeps confusing me, though, is that, like, you know, but she kept the lie going for so long and even kind of abused your friendships or or at times made you look like an idiot. Now, she might have not made you look like an idiot personally one-on-one, but she's using your platform to make you kind of a patsy in a way, and Meredith Marks now as well, too. That's the part that I'm curious about, and unfortunately... Uh, Heather Gay unfollowed me, so I don't know what I did to her. Maybe she's really Shaw Squad, or maybe I don't know. Maybe one of the memes. But I was very honest. I uh, very hard on Jen, and I'm very hard on Jen today. I mean, she she did something wrong. Um, so, but yeah, still bumped me out. I had such a good conversation with her. I wonder truly if that was it or or what what it was. But I, I really genuinely like Heather, and I'm very curious 
what goes on in somebody's mind of the friends of, you know, not the friends of Housewives, but the friends of Jen Shaw at this point. So that was her uh, take on it. Now, a couple of final thoughts before we stop this and get to the Southern Charm recap. My God, I'm just going to exhaust the hell out of you guys today. Um, let's see. Uh, page six did that. Um, Heather Gay did that. Meredith Marks, I talked about that. Jen Shaw, free Jen Shaw, talked about the borrowing money from her mom. Yeah, the other thing, I was going to go to New York. Um, I was joking about it, but I truly, that was in the back of my head to go to New York and report on this. And I was talking about it. I was going to be reporting on the Jen Shaw trial every day. And kind of in my humorous way, I was planning on doing it, but I was going to update this every day. So it's very interesting. I was talking to Kiki Talk of Shame because she was covering it as well, as well as Emily D. Baker, who are just excellent at this kind of stuff, you know? And, uh, I consider them pretty damn good reporters, really. Um, so that and another Johnny Depp trial that Talk of Shame told me about last week was uh, the City of Lies. Somebody on the crew, there was like a fight and he was suing Johnny Depp. That settled out of court today. So we are not going to trial with that either. So I was like, man, Kiki, you're having a tough day. This is zero for two in terms of court trials you were going to talk about. So it's it's really wild that this is not happening. But at the end of the day, I think Jen Shaw did the, the right thing at this point. We're going to find out so much more information. I have so many more questions about this. This is going to be ongoing. We'll be doing segments about this all the time. And of course, uh, we'll, you know, this is how this stuff works. It will keep information will keep uh, coming out. But I got to tell you just once again. The, the way, you know, the what it feels like to wake up late when everybody's already memed this was just horrifying. And I, I was able to get my Craig Conover. I was like, oh, she wouldn't have had to plead guilty if Craig Conover represented her, which is a great segue into Southern Charm, folks. Um, okay, so that was fairly exhaustive. I think we did a good job. I hope you got some information there. I hope you got some laughs. Um. I think I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting a huge piece as I always do. It's going to come to me at like three in the morning tonight. Uh, but yeah, Jen Shaw has pled guilty, no trial on the 17th. So feel free to spend that time with your family or listening to more of this podcast. And, uh, when we come back from break, we're going to do a babadoo, babadee, it's easy and a bit and one, two, three. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Now is my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our sponsors for the week. We have a returning sponsor and a brand new sponsor. So I am so excited about our new sponsor. Uh, You might have heard of them before. Uh, They're called Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Yo soy Esteban, folks. (laughs) I took beginner Spanish in high school and it's like I just learned casa de Pepe, which is uh, the bathroom. <laughs> now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a, a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Now, I chose uh, Spanish. Uh, I do have a lot of friends that speak Spanish. Uh, I live in Los Angeles where uh, I do get to hear people speak Spanish all of the time, and I actually want to learn. It would be amazing to be able to learn a language, and it's really cool, and it's really easy. I'm going to tell you how to do it. I signed up. You tell them which language you want to learn. There's a bunch of different options that you can learn. Uh, I chose Spanish, but Babbel, you can even put in how many minutes you want to be able to study a day. So Babbel has 15 minute lessons and it's the perfect way to learn a language on the go. So other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Those those are the big ones. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. So here is the call to action, folks. Right now, get this, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to B-A-B-B-E-L, that's babbel.com slash so bad. So that's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash so bad for up to 60% off your subscription. Uh, Babbel, it is a language for life. Uh, you guys, I'm telling you, just go check it out. Use that, that, uh, the babble.com slash so bad. Just go check it out for yourself. Um, I got to, uh, start this, this past week and it just really, I geek out about stuff like this. I'm always trying to learn new things and I'm always scared about the time it'll take. And this does it in such bite-sized ways that I'm like, Oh my God, what if I'm fluent by the end of the year? <laughs> but honestly, that's like such a good deal. Go do some of you guys. Can you all do, do this? Do it. And now our, uh, our second, uh, sponsor, and they've been with us before. It is our friends over at Dame. Now uh, we, we talked about Dame a couple weeks ago and they sent me some of their products and we, we did a live review on air and they're just really cool. They're designed with this really unique, sophisticated design. 
Um, so the the things that they sent us was uh, the the Ava, and it is a couples product. And by the way, you guys, trigger warning: if people don't want to hear about uh, really cool sex sexual products that give pleasure for women, uh, fast forward, I guess. But I think Dame is just an amazing company that is doing all the things right. Uh, but let's be honest: sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. That's why Dame products designed Ava, the first hands-free vibrator for couples. You can boost pleasure and connection for all with a little toy that won't get in the way. Sharing pleasure during intimacy not only feels good in your body, but it can increase your emotional connection and decrease your stress levels so you can take those good feelings with you throughout your day. But in order to get there, even the most sexually motivated couples can benefit from a strategically placed buzz. Enter Dame Products. Dame Products designed its hands-free toy Ava specifically for couples. It nestles close to the body and stays put with just a finger so you and your partner can focus on intimacy. Designed to enhance, not distract from pleasure. Eva is your sex life's new best friend. So what are you waiting for? Try adding a toy into the mix and discover uh, new layers of pleasure you can share. Plus, sex you'll look forward to. Um, it truly is something that can enhance. And that's what this is all about. Uh, whether it be with somebody you love, whether it be for yourself, like this is something that, uh, we should not be ashamed of or shy away from. Um, and, and I think if anything can help you have, uh, more pleasure and in a, a safe way, then I am so all for it. So go to dameproducts.com and enter so bad today for 15% off site-wide. That's code so bad to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. All of that information is going to be on the show notes as well. Also, they had sent me another product that uh, is called the Air, A-E-R. They have so many cool products. Just check it out for yourself. Go on the website. See if there's anything that, uh, that you like. Because they even have like cool sex oil that's like a all natural full body massage oil formulated with arousing ingredients. I was reading you guys, the ingredients a couple weeks ago and it was like, there was like, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So Dame products. It's your new best friend. Dameproducts.com. Use code so bad today for 15% off site wide. There you go. Folks, welcome back. Bapa do Bapa D D D. Uh Southern Charm recap coming at you. This past Thursday uh was a brand new episode, episode three, and we are recapping it usually on Tuesdays here on this show. So buckle in, try to shake that Jen Shaw shit right off your shoulders, because we're gonna have some laughs. We're gonna talk about somebody that hasn't committed any crimes, at least this season, the cast of Southern Charm. Once again, that Bapa Do song, I I think I want to marry it. Like, has anybody considered making an alarm out of that? Like, instead of the wah, wah, like, what if your alarm would be like, bop-a-doo, bop-a-dee, I would get up immediately. I would sing to the birds, the whole situation. Uh, Southern Charm, it's kind of like uh, this season so far, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, there are scenes that I find hysterical there is, you know, it's like these boys just aren't growing up. Like, do you, I, I don't have to tell you guys this. It just seems like these men can't can't get it together. They they think they're all like these kind of philosopher, uh, you know, the philosophizers, you know, like they know how to 
they know how the world works, but they can't commit. Like that's like they are. It's it's like a vampire, and they can't be around garlic. It's like you think about commitment and kids, and these guys are like, "What? Hold your horse! Are you out of your mind? Give me a break! I can't do this." Also, uh, Demois does this um, Spotify live. Monday night and Patricia Altul, Whitney's mother, uh, she was uh, Dew's guest and I usually don't get to listen to it, but I got an alert. So I listened to it and I listened to the full hour long interview. She answered a lot of fans questions and I got to say Patricia Altul was great. I mean, like you really get the sense that the TV thing is cute for her. But remember, Patricia has real money. Like, this is only cute for her, and that's it. She's like, it's it's like me when I'm like, I like to watch Stranger Things sometimes. She's like, yeah, I like to do a little TV show sometimes. She got really excited talking about McDonald's. You know, she was like, I love McDonald's. I truly do. Uh, she, we were joking, or she was joking about Shep and, you know, if he was going to commit to Taylor. And she's like, I don't know. He's just a little. Also, the Whitney thing. It's so funny. It's, just, it's her son, and you can tell just how much she loves him, which is, I mean, that's really better than the other thing. Like she just, you can just tell she hates him. Like, no, she really, she's like, I want to say that my son does a lot. I know the, the show paints him as somebody that lives off his mother, but he does a lot. Even he gave like a long list of production credits that Whitney has done. Cause remember Whitney is a producer on Southern charm. So, uh, also she talked about Michael, uh, her long serving man servant who, uh, had a spinal stroke and he's in a, um, you know, he's in a care facility. He's paralyzed. He needs help every day. And it just sucks because their camaraderie between Patricia and Michael was not only comic relief, but it just, you sensed a real relationship. Cause she was talking about that today. She, cause, uh, do asked her about if she was still engaged. A lot of people don't know she was engaged, but this, the gentleman that she was engaged to died from cancer. And, you know, they, they kept it off the show because the man was very private. But uh, Dew was asking, like, you know, are you dating? And she's like, nobody really wants to date somebody my age, you know. Like that's and she was using the guys on her own show, like Shep. All these people are dating like twenty-seven-year-olds, twenty-six-year-olds. And then she said, would you date somebody younger? And you know, listen, Sutton, it, Sutton, if you don't Sutton Strack, if you don't make an honest man out of me soon, Patricia Ochul is right there. I I don't know. I mean, the humidity in Charleston might be a little too much. For me, I'm a sweater. I think you can tell that, especially if you're watching YouTube, uh, which, by the way, guys, this is going to be on YouTube. The Jen Shaw portion of it will not. That's special for the podcast. Uh, but <laughs> this part will be. Um, so go, come join us on YouTube if you want to watch uh, me make the funny faces about Southern Charm. So I thought this was a really great interview. And uh, she talked about her relationship with Andre Leon Talley. Rest in peace. Um, and you realize what a life this lady has lived. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite scenes in this past week's episode was the scene between her and Whitney driving to a vegetable market, like a farmer's market and picking out veggies. Cause Whitney's a vegetarian and you get the sense of a real mother son relationship. Um, of course not mine. Cause 
my parents are not rich, so it was very upsetting. But still, I could recognize some things were like, oh, my mom would do that. Okay. Um, but I thought it was I, was, I want more of that. I want to I know how Patricia lives her life a little bit more. Uh, she said on there, she did a scene with Whitney when they were doing the pilot or something for this. And the producers were like, you got to get your mom on this show. Because she's just one of those entertaining ladies. But you, you talk to her and you realize how many stories this lady has. And I think that's why all of these men and women on the show treat her with such reverence. She, of course, uh, talked about Thomas Ravenel and said that uh, Thomas, somebody had noticed, they follow each other now again on Instagram. And that's amazing. And Thomas was really saying horrible things about Patricia on Twitter, actually. And I mean, really, really horrible things about her. And he said Thomas uh, apologized and, and blamed it on alcohol and and hopefully you know that's the same you know, you blame it on alcohol but it's like Dorinda Medley are you gonna you know are you gonna do something about it or just like well that's that alcohol <laughs> I have to drink it <laughs> there's no choice you know like I hope Thomas is like sober um, but anyways it was a really I don't know if those things replay but I really I think they do but I would go check that out if you're fans of Patricia I, I thought she was. Uh, you you, you got to give it up for people with that kind of history. And, and um, I don't know. I keep thinking about forgiveness lately. Uh, I think about it all the time, actually, because, listen, I'm sure Patricia has done wild things or especially with the South and the conversations we have about uh, racism. And, you know, the South is notorious. I mean, those those taking downs of the statues of the Confederate uh, generals. I mean, really powerful moment from last season, I believe it was. You know, is that we, we can't we can't change the past, but like, man, we can t- really try to make it a different kind of future and realize our mistakes and our behavior. And I'm not saying anything specifically with Patricia, but just even in that, you know, how you were raised and, and what you were taught was right and wrong. I always think about that stuff. And sometimes these shows cannot hold the weight of those conversations because they're just so intense and sometimes you have to be precious about them because they mean so much and you don't want to confuse it with like Craig getting hammered with Austin. Now let's talk about race. You know, like it just doesn't make sense sometimes. So you've got to handle this so delicately and Bravo. Um, I thought like certain situations like the summer house conversation, uh, they had with Maya, and Sierra, I thought was really well done. Everybody was really, I thought that was a very interesting one after watching many conversations on Bravo where it hasn't been handled well, or it's been handled awkwardly because remember these conversations, we're going to get to the funny part in a sec. I swear not about this, but in, in the show, um, these conversations should be uncomfortable. They should be awkward. You should sometimes feel gross and icky and wanting to get out of it. Like these are really hard conversations to even talk about. I've, you know, and, and that's the thing though, but that's part of the privilege I would assume of living life, you know, is that we are responsible for sitting in that discomfort sometimes and seeing how we can push forward. And, and, you know, it's not a personal, uh, you know, we don't have to personalize it and say, well, that they're saying I'm a bad person. It's like, no, they're saying the situation was fucked up and, and, you know, we don't need to personalize it to, they're not speaking, you know, there's a general consensus of sometimes how the world is towards minorities that I don't think a lot of us can argue. And it's like, listen, people watching this or listening, my audience seems like pretty effing cool and wanting things to be like, that's, you know, I don't know. So I sometimes think there are positive steps that are happening in the show and they might seem like they're happening at a glacial pace, but 
these are big things. These are big conversations. So I'm proud of Bravo and these shows for even trying to tackle it for even trying. Of course, you know, I, I've heard some complaints about the castmates or like, you know, you put Leva and Vanita and, you know, minority cast members here. And it's just not the same Southern charm of these, you know, and what you're saying pretty much is it's not the same Southern charm of these goofy, these goofy Southern boys that love to cheat and drink. It's not that. Because maybe we shouldn't highlight that anymore. We had that. It's there. Go back and watch it. Hug it close to like a body pillow at night if you need to, if it makes you feel good. But this, you know, life is all about evolution, like I said. So these shows are going to evolve as well. And we want these shows, you know, like I was talking about this in terms of Beverly Hills and somebody left a uh, JW Francesca, I believe your name is left a comment about the Beverly Hills ones in regards to Kyle or just saying at a certain point, I don't want to celebrate these ladies. I don't want to watch these things. And I totally understand that sentiment, but it's one of those things is that change doesn't happen overnight. And we can all agree on this. And if, if these shows bum you out or it's not the show that you want, like I even talk about the podcast, if you don't like this, turn it off, you know, follow your bliss, wait till you can come back in where it is fun and things are normal. But I imagine for the next couple of years and the, years we've just had, my God, with COVID and all that stuff, there's just going to be a lot of uncomfortable conversations sometimes. And that's going to be okay, or at least it's okay for me. I can't force my opinion on anybody else. Um, so this episode, ba-ba-doo, <laughs> I say something really serious, and then I'm like, ba-ba-doo, ba-ba-dee-ee. Uh, this episode is called Barbecues, Breakups, and Betrothals. Betrothals? Betro- betrothed. Betrothals. Betrothals? My God, I hate... Oh, oh, I'm a Southern Charm. I I write the titles for Southern Charm. Look how smart I am. I used betrothal, or however the F you pronounce that. My God, what another way to make me feel stupid, Bravo. I mean, listen, the alliteration is there. Barbecue, breakups, but then betrothals? Betrothals just sounds horrible. So anyways, we use the title as a guessing game to let us know what we're going to see on these shows. And of course, barbecues, we're going to see a barbecue, right? That's what I I think. And then the second one, what was it? It was uh, breakups. So we're going to see somebody break up. Who could it be? Who goes out on this show? Well, you got Shep and Taylor. You got Craig and Paige. You got Austin and his hand. And uh, you got Catherine and Cleb. Or Caleb, or Chubbs, or whatever we're calling them. Once again, just to catch you up, I'm very frustrated and have been since the first episode. Uh, Catherine's boyfriend is named Caleb. I guess that's how you pronounce it. But they spell it C-H-L-E-B. Cleb. Cleb. And we're supposed to say Caleb? The show's going to have to deal with that at some point. If, uh, By the way, if Caleb's at the reunion, I hope the first question from Andy is, what's up with your name? Like, serious, what's going on? This isn't right. Like, it's very confusing to the Bravo audience. Uh, so the description, the show description on cable says, the boys have a barbecue, and while the grill gets hot, the drama does too. <laughs> That's horrible. While the grill gets hot, don't worry, folks, the grill isn't, the only hot thing, the drama is too. It says Craig looks to Paige for advice on how to mend his friendship with Austin. Oh, geez. Uh, but Austin's got bigger fish to fry. Austin's <laughs> got bigger fish. And then in my dumb head, I was like, oh, we're going to see a fish fry. Like there's like a big fish, like a, we having a fish fry. We're going to have a, like a fish cookout or something like that. Like a, you know, a f- <laughs> you, you know, you know, fish fry. You know, one of the, <laughs> this episode takes place at a fish fry. <laughs> it's a 47-minute fish fry. 
Uh, so that is the <laughs> that's the description. Uh, we start off always because Bravo thinks we're idiots with previously on Southern Charm. And we get Taylor going, hey, by the way, to uh, to Shep's cousin. She's like, hey, I'm not on birth control, by the way. And the, the cousin's like, well, it's one or two times. You're not careful. Uh, you know, Shep might have to be a dad, you know, and he's just a regular bozo right now. And then we have that scene with Catherine and Cleb, Chubbs, Caleb, where uh, Caleb goes, yo, Catherine, you don't like a lot of people, and that's not how I roll, which I thought was a really salient point last week, and I pointed that out, is that you can dislike Caleb, even though I think he's rather charming and kind of makes sense to me, and I like Catherine, too. She's been through a lot, but Catherine really was off the rails at her birthday party. She just was at the the 30th birthday party, Um, and also... Listen, we all are very different. We're not the same. It's what makes us great, but also very frustrating at the same time when you're dealing with other people you're in a relationship with. And he's literally saying something that I find very true is that Catherine doesn't like a lot of people and she has good reason not to. She's been abused a lot by people. And Caleb goes, but that's not how I roll. I love everybody. Then we cut to Olivia, the new castmate that's kind of dating Austin, defending Catherine at that birthday at the, uh, sorry, at the party at Naomi's. And there, all the girls were shit talking and Catherine and Olivia's like, yo, that's not exactly what happened, Naomi. You didn't want to be there at that party. And Benita's like, what? What are you, what are you, you're coming in here and not agreeing with Naomi? And she's like, Olivia's like, calm down. Benita's like, don't tell me to calm down. Then we go to um, a scene where Naomi's talking to Craig and saying, Austin was stuck on the fact that, uh, uh, that I hooked up with Craig when he was with Paige. He's telling Craig that she's telling, said, Austin was stuck on the fact that I hooked up with you when you have been with Paige. And then we get that scene from the first episode between the boys outside when uh, Craig admits that he slept with Paige. And and, uh, Austin is like, you're a good liar, man. You didn't tell me that, man. (laughs) You didn't tell me that. Like, Austin, listen, Austin is in love with Craig. Like, I have not seen it this clearly before, but I'm not like, like, this dude loves him and I get it. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean sexual love. I'm not making a gay joke. I don't give a fuck like that. But I'm saying there is a deep man love here and man love is very bad. I've had man love before. I've had, I've had like where I've loved, I, like I, I, I've had like love for my male friend where you're just enamored with your male friend. It's not like sexual, but you're just like, oh, I just want to, I love hanging. You make me feel good when we hang out. You know what I'm saying? Man love. (laughs) Man love, you know, man love. But you can tell Austin's all butthurt because this dude went and got a girlfriend. That's all he did, got a girlfriend. Listen, I don't love to stand up for Craig Conover, but like that's all he did was go and find somebody that he wants to hang out with. And Austin's like, what? I thought we'd live together forever. There's like a big stepbrothers of like, did we just become best friends? We're going to have bunk beds for the rest of our life, Craig. You want to fight with samurai swords? Um, So... Austin, then we get that scene at the party last week with Naomi, and he goes, true or false? Have you slept with Craig more than once? True or false? And she's like, yeah, twice. Oh, man. 
And then we see that scene with Craig to John Pringle. Pringle, by the way, the use of John Pringle in this show is hysterical. We'll get more into that in a sec. Uh, where Craig tells Pringle, I don't trust him anymore. I don't tell him secrets. And Pringle's like, all cornerstones of a good relationship, which I love. I love men. Like I love I even do this too. I like I love it when you're older and you're like, I won't tell that person secrets anymore. And it's like, you're nearing 40, you probably sh- secrets shouldn't be really a big part of your vocabulary anymore. It's not junior high. It's like Austin's like, "Will you pass Craig this note? Do you want to meet me after school?" Y N. Yes, no. Do you? And then we get the opening. Do 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 Uh we open up as you usually do with these shows where we do a round robin of all the cast. We see uh, Leva's son, um, like, can you push me on a swing? And okay, great. Then we cut to Caleb. And Caleb is one of those people that annoy me where they, um, what's that? They want, they exercise. <laughs> they, they, he's outside in a windbreaker and he's doing steps on a bench. Like he's like, huh, 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 and he's like, God damn. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I do that with TV shows where I'll, hit the remote, bam, 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 but never with steps in my knees. And I'm just like, oh my God, what a way to rub in that you can, your body moves, you know? Then we cut to Vanita and Vanita is pulling a flat screen TV from behind a couch and then she's putting it over by the door and she's squatting with it. We never get any explanation from this stuff, you know? Like, I, I understand Leva's son wants to be in a swing, Caleb likes to exercise, but we get to... Vanita is pulling a flat screen from behind a couch. Like, like, why is the flat screen there? Like, don't, don't just do it. Like, listen, I know audiences just don't even like. They're like, oh, they're going about their lives. But for me, I, th- these shows are my living, and I watch this and go, wait, what's the deal with the TV behind the couch? Why are we? Where? What? what are, what's going on with the TV? Could we? Get, by the way, I should interview Vanita and go. Okay, the one question that keeps coming up. What's with the flat screen TV? Uh, you had a three second scene where you pulled it from behind a couch. And I'm just so interested. Uh, the world needs to know, Vanita, what are you hiding behind that couch? Just a flat screen or are there other things? So we cut to Austin then. He's in his bed and his alarm goes off, which, by the way, if you use my idea, the alarm would be Papa do, Papa dee. And he's like, he gets his alarm. He's like, ugh. He shuts it off and he rolls over. It's, we're getting more sleep. I don't have a job. Trop hop. <laughs> I do find the Austin little brief three second scene in the bed odd because they shoot it from three different camera angles. So I'm like, if the reality, if we're supposed to believe in the reality of this, right? So like the night before the, the crew's like, Hey, we want to shoot with you waking up tomorrow. And he's like, okay, I'll leave the door unlocked. Uh, surprise me. Cause it's supposed to be real. Right. So then they go up and he's sleeping and the camera's like, let's get a shot. But then they do three different angles. So either there's three different cameras in there and they're shooting this all at once, or it's one cameraman and he gets a shot from one angle, stops, goes over to the other angle, shoots, stops, goes over to the other angle, shoots, stops. And the whole time, Austin's supposed to just be laying there. He's like, is it okay to open my eyes? What's going on? Then we cut to boats, water, picnic tables, and we see Shep Rose. He gets out of his car, and he's like, you ready to go, Pally? To little Craig, his dog. Uh, We're uh, at this place outside where they serve beers, and Shep's like, "Uh, give me a local gold blonde. I like blondes. (laughs) Little joke about blonde women. Uh, John Pringle comes in. 
And uh, I, I do – what I wanted to say about John Pringle is that if you notice in the first three episodes, John Pringle, and I don't know if this will hold up for the entire season, has not been entrusted with anything nearing a storyline. Now, I like John Pringle, but John Pringle is now ha- – he's the cast member that has that really hard role of listening, you know, where Shep will be like – well, you know the thing about Taylor, and then you'll get a reaction shot of John Pringle. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it would be like, hmm. And he'll shake his head knowingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know about that. We don't get any information really ever about John Pringle's life anymore. He's just the guy that's there to listen. Whether it be with Craig in the first episode or Shep in this episode, he's just listening. Look for John Pringle's listening face. We call that an active listener in acting, and John Pringle is killing it. John Pringle, I bet, just wants to stay on the show because it's some money. And like he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I have to go listen to Shep today talk for a couple hours. Um, Shep lets John Pringle know that he's been, he was, I, I was at this place with Danny one time. It was a disaster. Guess what we do? We flash back to that one time with Danny because we can't take Shep's word for it. They got to show us. And I don't know. I was like, yeah, there's Danny. Cool. Which, by the way, where the fuck is Danny? Like, I just realized Danny's not on this season. Like, what? where is she? Is she all right? Danny's still with us, right? Anyways, um, little Craig is being a pest, a, a little dog. And he's like, oh, come on, little Craig. You're unleashed. You're unfettered. I just gave you half a burrito, which always is disturbing for two things when people talk about their personal feeding style of dogs. When you give a dog a half a burrito, of course, there are just things stomach-wise that that's going to bring up that I'm not in support of. But also the other thing, and I don't mean to sound horrible, but I truly love burritos. And you're going to give a dog a half of a burrito? That's half of a burrito you could have eaten. Like, don't ask me for half of my burrito. Just don't do it. You're just giving them willy-nilly out there to dogs like that? Uh, Shep lets John Pringle know that, uh, little Craig can be like Jekyll and Hyde. This dog has two personalities in them. And once again, I go, well, what's up with, I want to see that. Is that, are you being serious, Shep? Is this a, does like, does he, does your dog turn into a monster? Like, is this, is this something we got to worry about? Like a real Jekyll and Hyde? Or is it just, you're just trying to be funny. Um, so, uh, Pringle goes, Oh, Jekyll and Hyde, like Craig and Austin. Shep's like, oh. We cut to Craig driving. He calls Paige on a cell phone, a cellular phone. And, uh, she's like, Hey, babe. And he's like, Oh my God. Um, do you miss me? Do you love me? And she's like, you're the cutest human ever. I was just telling somebody that I love you. There's no reason to not love you. And Craig hearing that goes, okay, I want to hug you. I love when people are like, get a, like a, just a flat out compliment about themselves. And they're like, I want to hug you. <laughs> you make me, you, when you say good things about me, it makes me want to touch you. Um, Craig's like, Hey babe, need, I need, I need, I need, I need your shoulder. Uh, I need your ears. Uh, I can't figure out this Austin situation. I'm trying to figure out, you know, he's trying to figure out this whole time that I did something wrong, saying that the Naomi thing overlapped with Paige. We get a flashback of Naomi telling Craig about Austin doing this last episode. And Paige goes, first off, that is so mean to say any to any girl what Austin said to her, which Austin was just like, Craig told me you were just uh, not even somebody he would consider being with. He's just like a fun sex thing which is another thing is like once again i want to point out how weird it is that Paige is in this position now of being the cool girl of like 
This is her boyfriend that she's talking about in terms of him having sex with somebody else. And we've completely forgotten about the sex part, but we managed to now just talk about Austin and how bad he is. Like, that's the part we're focusing on. And every time it just super confuses me because I'm like, how did we like also like, isn't there a world in which Paige would be like, you know what? totally appreciate this. I'm fully in support of you and I love you, but I do not want to talk about any scenario where you're having sex with somebody else and how that has made you have a fight with your best friend. Um, so, uh, you know, Craig is like, that is mean to say any girl to any girl and someone who said they're my best friend that wants to be my best friend. And Paige's like, he's not your best friend. He's not, I mean, other best friends. Um, it's like, see, this is why the Southern charm, especially like all men are kind of like this sensitive doofuses, myself included, but the Southern charm guys, it's a, it's a different, it's different, you know, like they say shit, like they're still in junior high. It's like secrets and best friends and let's play hopscotch and titty twisters and just all stupid shit. The kids say, and they're still in this kind of arrested development, this kind of frozen youth, if you will. They just don't want to grow up. There is like the ultimate Peter Pan syndrome of all time happening here. Um, so, uh, he says the day, uh, the day your best friend doesn't have your back is the day you shouldn't be best friends. Paige says, and Craig's like, he doesn't have my back. He doesn't. And then we cut to John Pringle and Shep having the conversation, continuing the conversation that we just saw. And, uh, you know, Shep is like, yo, listen, Craig is one thing with me, but I hope. I hope Austin and Craig can patch things up. I mean, they're literally talking about it like you would talk about it with your friend about like a boyfriend that you broke up with. Like, I hope you guys can patch it up. Uh, Pringle says, yeah, man, I love that. Let's, you know, let's try to patch that up. And, and you know, <laughs> Shep's like, let's let's do a barbecue at my place. And Pringle's like, yeah, let's get the band back together. And Pringle's head, he's like, oh, I'm just going to have to sit there and listen and be on camera again. We cut to Paige back and uh, having that conversation with Craig. And she's like, babe, there's, there's like, this is the way to resolve it. You just got to put all your cards on the table, which is like the most kind of general advice. It's, it's true. But Craig hearing this is like, oh man, he's like, I'm not good at that, man. I'm not good at putting the cards on the table. And Paige is like, babe, you're going to feel so much better when you do. And then Craig's like, thank you, baby. And I'm like, thank you, babies. And Paige's like, okay, call me later. <laughs> Perfect girlfriend. We cut to little Craig looking for a ball, uh, you know, while Pringle and Shep are still talking. Uh, and then Pringle goes, hey, how's Taylor? And Shep goes, <laughs> no, he kind of sh laughs, shakes his head and he goes, she gave me a little scare. <laughs> she said she was late. Two to four days, two or four days, he says, which is like, which is it? It's, but I like this. This is another thing. It's a very male thing to me of like, that little lady was late. She didn't, she didn't have her, her, uh, uterine system on lock. She didn't, she didn't have, she didn't know what was going on in her old lady parts and gave me quite, gave the male a quite a scare. Upstairs, <laughs> I, I pay for a lot of our meals, so it's not fair to me what she did. She gave, she gave me a little scare. I'm like, you mean your semen got inside of her and you gave yourself a scare or you gave each other a scare, but she didn't give you a little scare. It's that same argument they have in regards to the Roe v. Wade thing of that stupid argument of like, uh, what was it? like, he's a fucking senator that said women can control, like almost with mind control, they can shut down 
the the semen that gets into a body. They're like, they can shut it down. They have supernatural powers. Um, women truly do have so much responsibility when it comes to pleasing <laughs> pleasing us. Um, so uh, Shep goes, yeah, I was like, this is it, I guess. I'm a dad. But fortunately, false alarm. <laughs> and he goes, and I'm happy about that. Talking ahead, Shep goes, it'd be quite an adjustment to have a baby. I like autonomy. And I don't want to not have that. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I I just can't imagine, like, because t- the thing with Shep, though, and it's like, I like Shep, but the thing with Shep is, like, he's literally like, I dare you to break up with me a lot of the times. It's like, he's like, well, I always told you this is what I was like. So, you know, okay, peace. Like, it just feels like a little bit of that, you know, like, we have a good time. But if you don't want to keep having a good time, that's your choice. Uh, Pringle uh, had a baby at 35, he says. And Shep's like, whoa, whoa, 35. I couldn't have done it then. Whoa. <laughs> you know, Shep going like, I can't do it now. We get a flashback uh, to a scene that is from the earlier seasons that I forgot about where Shep and um, uh, Shep and what's-his-nuts, Catherine's ex, are, uh, Thomas Ravenel, are saying... Um, Thomas Revenal is going, well, I'm the daddy, Shep, you know, but uh, we're going to have to take a paternity test. Because I forgot it was like Catherine could have been pregnant by Ravenal or Shep. Wait, I forgot all about that, which is just so dark. Could she have slept with both of them? Anyways, Shep is talking to Pringle and he's like, man, once you have a kid, your life is gone. And Pringle says, your version of life is gone. And... He's like, yeah, Taylor, the more it becomes a talking point, the more I disengage. And Taylor is like, I know how you are, but it's like, does it even register with you? And he goes, yeah, I kind of just check out of those conversations. Uh, And then Pringle's like, yo, man, Taylor's going to want kids at some point. And then Shep goes, but our life is great right now. And he's like, I don't know where I'll be in six months. And Pringle goes, if you have a kid, you will. And you can just tell, literally, they don't show up, but you can tell just that at that point, Shep uh, shits his pants. Like, just fully loads up his diaper. He's like, oh, I can't travel willy-nilly. Uh, we cut to Marcy, Shep's cousin, in a baby store with Taylor buying baby supplies or whatever you call them because uh, she's pregnant. And then Taylor comes in. Taylor's like, oh, your boobs look good. Are they filling up with milk? Is this the kind of shit women can get away with saying to each other? Like, if I literally said that to them, hey, your boobs look good. You got milk in those things? Like, I would be ran out of town, you know? Like, or a movie producer like Randall Emmett. Um, They're there for a diaper bag. I'm just like, these are the kind of expenses that I'm just like, wow. Like, Shep doesn't want it. Shep doesn't want a baby because he wants to travel and it would screw up his life. I don't want a baby because I'm like, I'd have to buy a diaper bag? Like, what, does Old Navy have those? Um... Taylor goes, I can't wait to see what your baby's going to look like. And then she's like, I'll show you. And she pulls out one of those ultrasounds. It's like a 3D one where it looks like you can see like the baby's it's like a head. It's like it looks like a better headshot than I had as an actor. And it looks like his dad, her dad's like, asleep. I don't know. They look the same. That was the whole point. Uh, LOL. And then uh, Marcy goes, can you imagine a baby Shep Taylor? Have you all talked about that? And Taylor goes, well, we had a scare. 
but I'm not pregnant. I wish she would have said, well, I gave him a scare. (laughs) Well, we had a scare, but I'm not pregnant. And she goes, that's fine. My family's very traditional and religious, and I would rather be married. But the concept of marriage is so foreign to him, which is weird because your family, Marcy, is so traditional. I'm always like, where did it go wrong in your brain for Shep? Marcy in the talking head says, no one in my family has ever been divorced. And I respect, um, you know, and I respect that everybody does it for the long haul when they get married in our family. And Marcy is like, you know, if Taylor and Shep broke up, they would be looked down upon harshly if they were married. And I'm like, bingo. Now we know where Shep gets this. His fucking family says stuff like this. Like, oh, it's crazy. I don't know where he gets that. But we all would look at him differently if he ever got divorced and potentially never talked to him again. You know, and Taylor goes, well, if he can't get to that point and have a family, I'm going to have to split ways. And I'm like, yeah, I think Shep's kind of banking on that and is going to try to suck every last young bit out of you. And then no offense, Shep, if you're listening, like, I truly do like you. But, you know, we're talking honestly here. Uh, and then Marcy goes, can't be a kid forever. You know, and you can just tell Shep is like, yeah, I can. Uh, we go to break. Uh, by the way, the hundredth episode of Southern Charm is going to be airing this Thursday. So congratulations to that show. A hundred episodes of anything is really huge. Uh, we open back up on Charleston sites, horse carriage, the whole thing. Madison, Madison, Madison LaCroix walks into bar Felix. She has like this pink top on like the bottom of her boobies or you, you know, I'm like, oh my God, that's where the boobies are. Vanita comes in. They both look great. And Madison's like, you look so good, girl. You're giving me gossip girl vibes. And, and Vinita's like, I'm your Blair, Serena. I'm your, uh, I don't know, gossip girl stuff. They order food. And then Madison's like, ooh, you look dewy, hydrated and fresh. And Vanita's like, black don't crack. And they both have Libra birthdays. And um, Madison is celebrating hers all month long the birthday month kind of girl. And they, you know, that whole trope in reality shows where Madison's like, my client has a house and said, we can have it. Do you want to throw a party together? And Vinny's like, let's do a joint party. Uh, these setup little scene things are always hysterical. I just always love the awkwardness in which they have to bring up that conversation. So we agree to do that. Okay. And then it's like, what's new? And then Madison goes, what's not new? I'm in love. And Vinita says, I couldn't have prayed for a better man for you. And we see pictures of Madison's dude, good looking dude. And of course we hear Madison go, I was out in Scottsdale at a bachelorette party. And I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. Scottsdale, Arizona. And, uh, she said, you know, we made, we made eye contact at the bar and I fell in love immediately. I, you know what? Like, I don't think anybody's ever looked at me from across a bar or even, even when I got married across the wedding night, like, I don't think anybody's ever looked at me and been like, whoa, I'm in love. (laughs) Like I'm in love immediately. Like it's always like, you know, I eventually got there. I got, I got there. Yeah. But like this dude's that good looking where he's like, and that's Madison who's super hot too. And she was like, I'm love immediately. I'm like, whoa, that's like, that's gotta be cool. You know? Um, and Vanita's like, he's, he's all about you girl. And Madison goes BDE baby. And Vanita's like, what? And she's like, big dick energy. Vanita, where are you been? What are you talking about? And, uh, Vanita's like, Hey, I'm just so hyper focused on my career. I don't really date. You know, I, I can't have someone in my space. I'm always like, get out in a talking head. Vanita says, I have issues with boundaries because my ex cheated on me on IG over an IG DM. And so with relationships, I'm like, guard, 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 guard me. Um, 
that's a big YouTube. I did some movement. I did some body movement for the YouTube audience. So it's uh, worth going over there to see what I did. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so, uh, Vinigo, speaking of nice, great segue. Hey, you and Austin, you really were getting along at Naomi's party. And Madison goes, I'm retired. I'm retired from the drama. But that party was very interesting. I saw people screaming and I was like, what's happening? Um, and uh, Olivia was screaming at me, Vanita said, trying to trying to help Catherine. And I was like, whoa, whoa, mama, mama. And Madison's like, I felt bad for Olivia. You know, she was getting attacked by Madison and it just caught me off guard. And you were kind of participating. And Vanita's like, well, I like to come in and fix and fix things. And Madison's like, yo, Naomi speaks five different languages. She can figure things out for herself, which is a really actually good point. Um, so uh, Vanita goes, yeah, I'm sorry for how I said what I said, but I don't know how to address things when I feel them, which is a normal issue. Uh, Madison says, well, if Olivia has a thick skin, I don't know her, but hopefully she'll survive, you know? And then they say, God bless this mess. God bless this mess, you guys. We cut to Olivia's house. Remember, she's living with her parents. The mom is pouring some afternoon wine and making a little snack plate for Olivia. And Olivia's like, I can get used to this. <laughs> By the way, Olivia's wearing a Gucci shirt. I was not aware. I was like, what is that? Like, uh, Gucci, that's like a good brand. I was like, is that 50 bucks? That's got to be like a $50 shirt. A Old Navy shirts, you can get them from like $8, you guys. The same color red that she's wearing, but it has this Gucci logo. I look it up. It is like 600 bucks for that T-shirt. It's a T-shirt. And then I was like, is it electronic? Does it like, does it like an MB3 player as well? It's a Gucci shirt. 600 bucks. My voice gets all hot. I'm Scott Disick. I'm like, what? 600 bucks? Are you kidding me? Um, so, uh, Olivia's like, is it too early for wine? And the mom's like, don't tell dad. <laughs> we find out that yesterday was, uh, the parents 35 year wedding anniversary. And the mom's like, what you need to be looking for is the qualities you see in your dad. That's what you should be looking for. Um, and we find out that these two guys, they're still lovebirds. It was a cohesive fit for them and they've never grown out of the honeymoon phase, which I love, man. So the mom says, how's Austin? And she's like, well, you know, I don't know. He wants to come over and watch a movie, Netflix and chill. And the mom's like, no. And I'm like, you're right, mom. No. Like, can you imagine? like, like, Hey, can I come over? We can watch stranger things. I can get a boner in my khakis and try to inch it towards you on the ground at your parents' living room. Um, so Olivia's like, I think he's got to put in more effort. You know, I'm not dating just a date at this point. We're, and we're in this kind of feeling things out place. I want him to pick me up from the airport without me asking. Like if he's getting Postmates, I, I probably don't want anything, but please ask. I mean, we shouldn't be Ubering. Come pick me up. Which, dude, I get that, man. Um, so, says, uh, Olivia also says, the conversation could have gone a bit better with the girls at Naomi's party. You know, they started talking and I was like, oh, no, no, exit stage left. Get out of Dodge, girl. This, you know, I'm sure it can be squashed with the other ladies, um, but uh, I don't think it's going to be an ongoing issue. And I'm like, welcome to Bravo. It probably will be an ongoing issue. We love to drag these things out forever. Just ask Lucy, Lucy Applejuice. Um so Olivia says, well, I'd rather say too little than say too much. I'm not done with them. I was just thrown off by it. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that what is that? What is that strange feeling? Oh, that's maturity. I'm like, what is what is what are you exhibiting there, Olivia? Is that maturity? My God, congratulate. What is it like to be one of the only people with maturity on this show? LOL. We cut to Patricia and Whitney. 
Whitney is having to chauffeur her, her, the mom around in the Bentley or the Rolls or whatever fancy car it is. Um, so it's a cute little scene. Uh, she goes, put your seatbelt on. Mom. He goes, put your seatbelt on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And then the mom's like, Lauren Bacall said that. Or no, he goes, who's, you know who said that? Lauren Bacall. And she's like, no, it was Betty Davis. And then he's like, I'll bet you $1,000. He's like, you're on. Lauren Bacall, Betty Davis. Blah, 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 blah. And then um, we do a flashback to eight years ago when uh, Miss Patricia says, to quote Betty Davis, what a dump when looking at Whitney's uh, huge loft that uh he had moved into anyways whitney turns out he's wrong he goes i'll write you a check and she goes i want cash and then whitney goes i feel like i'm driving miss daisy which for all you kids out there was a movie from the 1980s with morgan freeman and jessica tandy she won the oscar for it great movie um and uh patricia's like good i want you to feel that way whitney and so uh then they talk about Michael. They're like that they both miss Michael. And Whitney then talks about the unexpected death of uh of his dad and we see a picture of Lon and Whitney, um Miss Patricia's ex. And you know, he died in like 2 weeks. Once he found out le- leukemia, he died 2 weeks after that. They were married for 15 years and they got divorced because she says he needed a corporate wife. I was busy. I was selling pieces to museums, but we always remained friends, she says. And we see pictures of Patricia back in the day. And man, foxy, la- foxy lady. When I say fo- foxy lady. Um, so uh, she says he was a fabulous man. He was attractive in every way. And this is what I said. I want more of this. I want more of these stories. I like this. It gives me a clearer picture of who Patricia is. Um, so now we are at the, uh, farmer's market shopping for veggies and she goes, Whitney, the domestic arts escape me. Uh, she goes, Whitney's a vegan. It's hard to make veggies exciting. And then she's like, Whitney, there's lima beans over here. You guys, lima beans. I fucking hated with a passion when I was a kid. I, I think I remember crying once when I was like, you know, and it was like big canned lima beans, not even fresh ones. Kids don't know what the difference is at the time, but I just remember going, these are disgusting. Why? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, are we, are we, are we not doing well here at this house? We're eating lima beans. Um, and then Patricia's like, do I want another cauliflower steak? No. We get a flashback to McDonald's with Michael when Michael would drive her to the drive-thru. And she's like, I miss Michael and I want bacon. Which, what, man, bacon is having quite a moment on Bravo. Between Phaedra's, like, I love bacon. I love me some bacon on Ultimate Girls Trip. Uh, bacon really has been brought up a lot lately. Uh So then they're back in the uh, Rolls Royce or Bentley. And, and she's like, oh. Let's pop the champagne. And uh, she's like, ooh, it's warm. And Whitney's like, God forbid you have warm champagne. And I guess there's like on the Dumas interview I listened to, I think she had a cooling machine back there for champagne. So you could like sit in the car and enjoy, which is just the height of class. Like usually I'm enjoying uh, champagne while I'm driving. And it's like usually it's like two buck chuck champagne. Uh, We cut to Craig in a car calling Austin. And this is like the typical bro way to start a call. What's up, dude? And Austin's like, what's up? <laughs> he's just, he's like that, that, that little, what's up? What's, what's going on? What, like trying to be tough, but you can tell he's like, I miss you so much, dude. Craig's like, just running some errands. Wanted to see what you're doing. And he goes, well, to be honest, I'm just, uh, just finished eating a sandwich on Pitt street. 
And then Craig's like, I just wanted to see if you wanted to meet up. And he goes, yeah, sounds good. And then Craig's like, okay, meet me at Fifth Street Bridge. And I'm like, Jesus, man, we're meeting at, we're meeting at discreet locations. Meet me at the bridge. Like, why, why don't we just go meet at a screening of the notebook? Whoa. So we cut to Craig parking. I just see a mucky lagoon. I don't know. He's like, eh. Austin's sitting there on a bench, like, like a, you know, a dumber Forrest Gump. And uh, Craig walks up. He's in like, a nice outfit. And Austin's like, where are you coming from? And, and Craig goes, Aaron's. And he goes, you look snazzy, which is just like, you look, you look beautiful, you know? And Craig goes, man, it's really cool out here. And I was like, is it? It looks like a swamp. Um, and uh, Craig goes, uh, you know, I was kind of bummed here. Um, I just feel disconnected. Um, and Austin's like, I'm not sure, like, you're pushing me away from you and I'm not sure why. And then Craig's like, well, I feel like you're trying to tear me down and, it's just, you're trying to, you know, you're saying you want to be my best friend. And I, I just, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like you're being my best friend. And Austin's like, well, I feel like I fucking champion you, bro. And, uh, so then Craig goes, well, Austin, Naomi's saying you're inquiring about the timeline of our hooking up. Why would you do that? And Austin's like, yo, dude, I don't care if you slept with Naomi a hundred times. I don't care. But you didn't tell me. I felt like an outsider. Made me look stupid. And I'm like, Austin, uh, you know what else makes you look stupid? All the shit you did on Summer House that Craig wasn't even involved in. Like, And then that one time when you were at the fish show on New Year's and then Lindsay was like, you know, you said you loved me that night. And then we found out he wasn't even at a live concert. He was watching it online. Uh, that was like, that made you look stupid. And then a lot, a lot of others. I could go on and on, but, you know. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so... Craig goes, oh, yeah, like, I, I understand that. But if I cheated on Paige, what would you do with that info? Which I love, which is kind of a leading, like, what I basically want to know is if I cheat on Paige, will you shut your mouth? And uh, Austin's like, yeah, I should never have put my nose in that business. Um, I, I just shouldn't. Uh, so, and Craig's like, I just, I just feel like there's an underlying hate, you know? And, and it's like, I don't want that there. And then Austin's like, well, I feel like you've been shitty to me sometimes. Like, you use our friendship when it's convenient. And Craig's like, when have I been a bad friend to you? And he's like, well, when, you know, during COVID, we were, like, hanging out so much. And then we get a flashback to them living together. And they're partying every day. And they're doing Instagram lives. And they're making each other laugh. It's like the heyday of their their bromanship. And... You know, like, listen, we all had a great time during COVID. I'm not arguing that, but it's, you know, it's different now. We're outside. We're meeting new people. And then Austin's like, when you had a girlfriend, man, when you find a girlfriend, you just bail. In a talking head, he's like, Craig and I aren't really dating, um, but the longest relationship, Austin goes, Craig and I aren't, aren't really dating, but he is the longest relationship I've had ever. And then he kind of gives this cough. <laughs> Like he's trying to cover up a little cry. Like, oh. <laughs> it's just really weird. Cause you're just like, dude, I feel, you know, you feel bad for Austin, but you're also like, dude, he got a girlfriend, man. Like it's going to be okay. Austin's in his thirties. Like what's going on here? Um, 
So Craig's like, yo, it doesn't have to stay toxic. Uh, you know, I'm always willing to improve and rekindle this friendship. You know, just try not to do anything to sabotage my relationship. You know, be nice and kind and continue moving forward. And Austin's like, yeah, that's positive. And if you look closely, which I did, Austin pops a boner at this point. <laughs> so then Craig goes, let's hug. And Austin's like, I, I, I don't think we've ever hugged. I was like, I love that men are still so threatened with a hug. I was like, fucking hug me, dude. Hug me, dude. Dude, hug me. Austin, come here. Hug me, dude. So now we're in a new scene where uh, it's raining. Catherine's driving, which I'm always like, should we encourage Catherine to be talking on a phone while she's driving in the rain? Uh, she goes, uh, she calls Debbie, Chubbs's mom, Caleb's mom. And uh, Debbie's making collard greens, stuffing, Cornish hens, rice, the whole deal. And she's like, Catherine brings a maternal energy to my life, you know, which is always great. Catherine's like, next. Oh, shit. I'm leaving that in there because I took a small break to look at my phone and I just picked up my beard and I forgot to stop the YouTube video of this. And so I just realized that Medica is going to see me pick at my beard for like three minutes. Anywho, that's a peek in the creative process. So now I'm going to start back at the YouTube and we're going to finish this flipping recap. Um, okay, so Catherine is talking to Caleb's mom. And loves the maternal energy she brings into her life because she lost her mom. And it's nice to bond with her boyfriend's mom. But Catherine busts out Caleb to the mom and says, your, your son left and I haven't seen him in like five days. And she said, you know, the fight is over nothing, but it really hits away at my abandonment issues, which I totally can respect. But the fight wasn't over nothing. The fight, you know, Catherine kind of was being horrible at her birthday party. I really, truly do believe that. Um, so... She says, I don't know if we're growing towards the same thing. He's not making the effort that I want him to. And the mom's like, let me tell you something. He really does care. Uh, you know, he really does. The, he said, I'm trying to be there for her. And Catherine's like, well, I would love to have a conversation. And the mom's like, maybe he's a peace offering. Why don't you make dinner and light candles? And Catherine's like, okay, uh, love you. Bye. And then... Um, I said, then Catherine's just talking to herself out loud. We cut to next day. It says lively jazz music. We're at Shep's house. And Shep's like, this is going to be a fun afternoon. And the, there's a barbecue master there. And he's like, okay, we're going to make this. And uh, yeah, we're going to make the tuna. And uh, we're going to get the tuna out. And Austin comes in. And he brought collard greens. So... Shep gets the tuna out of his fridge, and he's like, oh, man, this has been sitting in my fridge for five days. Shep smells it. He's like, ooh, oh, man, this is a little funky. You know what? Let's jettison the remainder of the tuna. And by the way, I will say that is, as a man, that's growing up, because men will do five-day-day-old tuna, myself included, and be like, you know what? I could grill the funk off of this. I could cook the funk out of this, and that usually can't. So this is real growth for Shep. Pringle comes in, and... uh you know, he's like, uh, Pringle's there, Craig's there, and Austin's like, Caleb sounded like he had a little story to tell. I guess we'll get the scoop when he gets here. Um, Pringle brought hamburgeries and hot doggies, he says. 
They're going outside to set the grill up. Caleb comes in and he's in a Nirvana shirt. And I'm like, Caleb, what's your favorite Nirvana song? It's like when Kourtney Kardashian wears mega death shirts. Like, listen, I could be wrong. Caleb Caleb could be the biggest Kurt Cobain fan there is. I'm just betting that he isn't because he's super good looking. Um, And uh, Caleb brought potato salad from Publix. By the way, I was in a Publix Thanksgiving commercial. God, it's probably like 13 years ago where it's like a family, you know, and I was like the son. Um, so Austin goes, dude, Caleb, I haven't seen you since Catherine's thing. And Caleb's like, yeah, I'm laying low, keeping my head clear. And Austin goes, okay. <laughs> you can tell these guys I don't think really know Caleb because Austin's like, whatever, dude. Craig's there. Craig bought a bottle of rum. And Craig's like, I'm going to go make a drink. And then he goes in and Shep's there and he's like, dude, Shep, I got to tell you something. I think Madison's in, getting engaged and she's going to announce it on Amazon Live at 2 p.m. Well, it's just a lot of information for a sentence. Like, okay, okay, Madison's getting engaged. I'm with you there. And then he's like, she's going to announce it on Amazon Live at 2 p.m. That's a lot of information. First off, you know, wow, any ex getting engaged, huge news. But to do it on Amazon Live at 2 p.m., like, it's like, you know, we've all been there, folks, where your ex goes on Amazon Live. <laughs> Austin doesn't know yet, so Craig's like, oh, man, I don't know. And Pringle's hearing over this, too. And Craig's like, uh, yeah, man, Pringle, I think I think Madison's getting engaged. And Craig says, I want to make sure I'm not making this up, though. I don't want to give him false information. And uh, Pringle's like, he'll be all right. And Craig goes, no, I think he might cry and walk out. <laughs> uh, Craig goes, I think he's in denial. You know, he always thinks they'll get back together. We cut to uh, a commercial break, come back, Shep's house. We see Shep's like, yo, you brought huge hot dogs. And Craig goes, yeah, you have some impressive meat. Anytime you get guys around a barbecue, they're going to make a dick joke about me. You got some impressive meat right there. Austin's like, I miss your meat so bad, Craig. Oh, stop. I'm just, I'm, I'm a child. Um, and then Craig goes, it looks like he's going to put the hot dog in the bun. And then he's like, it's a line from grumpy old men. The, I'm like, oh man, that's wild. Shep says, by the way, you guys, Taylor and I had a little thing and, uh, she was late and, you know, I don't want to have a kid, but we don't use protection. I love sentences like that have all the information in it that you need. You're like, we we don't want to have a kid, but I, I don't want to pull out either. Caleb goes, you know, I don't, in a talking head, he goes, I don't know why they don't use protection. And then he goes, I guess because it feels good. <laughs> yeah, man. That's probably why. <laughs> Caleb, fucking detective Caleb does it again. I like us. I don't know why they don't use protection. It must be because it feels good. Yeah, like, no, his, his hands don't work, and he, it's hard to put the condom on without working hands. Um, so Shep's like, I don't want a kid, you know? Like, I just don't want that. And Austin's like, yeah, you know, like, with Madison, you know, it's like, you just fucked with the best four years of my life. I don't even know what the hell he meant there. Like, I must have misunderstood that, because that seems super douchey. Um, and... Uh, Austin's like, yeah, Shep, with you, like, you know, what you want to do is go to Australia for two months. You don't want to have a kid. And then Shep's like, totally, you know, and I mean, I mean, Taylor can come for like a couple of weeks. She'd be like a part-time girlfriend. Like she can come out and visit. And then Shep goes, you know, people date all the time for five years and all, you know, they date all the time, you know, and then, then they break up because they don't usually want the same thing. And Austin says, well, you guys don't want the same thing. 
And Shep's like, monogamy, she's going to have to figure out, you know, what that means. And I'm like, she's got to figure out what that means. Um, Shep goes, there's a moving target, you know, my goals and aspirations. You know, we've been together two years, though, and we've had a great time. And Austin says, you're right at that shit or get off the pot moment. And Shep goes, you know how much running around I've done for seven years? And I'm like, yeah, man, we it's been on TV, a lot of it. Um, he goes, you know what Taylor wants, Austin says? Uh, and he says this in a talking head where he's like... You've got to see this talking head because the makeup in it, like his eyes are way too white. And I'm like, is anybody doing last looks on these people? Is anybody going like, let's check your makeup before we put you in a talking head? Because he looks like a mime. He's like, let me tell you what Taylor wants. And so uh, Chef goes, but Taylor is a big part of my life. Girls like that are hard to find. Like girls like what? They're like cool with you dicking around for most of the, you know. Uh, so now we got a scene of men eating meat. Shep has given little Craig some dip. And that must go well with the half of burrito from earlier. Uh, and then it's like, guys, let's play a little cornhole. Now, I will say, as a guy that's not really a guy, I enjoy cornhole. I do. I got to say, it's one of those things where I always feel like, oh, I don't can't do guy guy things. But then cornhole is like, I can throw a bean bag through a hole. I, I genuinely like it. I'm like, this is so manly of me. Um, so Craig goes up oh, 2 PM. Uh, it's going to be online. The Amazon thing. And Craig sits next to Austin and Austin's like, uh, uh, what's going on? And he's like, your ex is doing something crazy online and I want you to watch it. Which by the way, with Madison, that can mean anything. Remember when she used to go on live hammer during the pandemic and she was like, she started showing her breasts in one of them. I think I have a screen recording of that. It was like from like a year and a half ago. Um, so, uh, she's got big news. She says, and Madison, we cut to her on the Amazon Live. And she's like, hey, guys, I've been trying to keep this uh, in for quite some time that I'm engaged. Which I was first like, is this Amazon? Wait, wait, is this the Amazon where you buy things? Or is this the Amazon you talk about your personal relationships? Austin's like, wait, wait, what? And Craig goes, why would you announce it online? Which, by the way, Craig, if I'm not mistaken, you and Paige announce everything online. Um, and uh, Austin's like, they've only been together for like six months. And Austin's like, well, have fun, man. Have fun with that. You know, you're in the servitude of Medusa. And uh, we also get a question from for Madison on the Amazon live where like, once again, are we selling shit here? What's going on? Like, we're just asking her questions. She goes, uh, the ex that means the most to me, I have to say, is my son's father. He's the only ex that means something to me. And he was in full support of it. And Austin goes, as if I needed any more reason to not have her in my life. And uh, so they, you know, they're all like, oh, I bet they won't even make it to the aisle, man. I don't, I don't even think they'll make it to the aisle. And Shep says, you dodged a bullet on that one, man. You dodged a cannonball. And Austin goes, who the fuck cares, man? I love Craig. <laughs> um, so Craig goes, for a long time, Madison and Austin, I thought they would actually be together. Um and I think right now Austin is realizing that chapter is closed. Shep says, how dare Madison upstage my barbecue? And Austin says, well, couldn't happen to a nicer person in regards to Madison. And Caleb says, hey, can I ask you a question, Austin? In the stepdaddy role, how was it? Because remember, Madison has a son. And he goes, ah, it's fine. I did some homework with him sometimes. But she didn't ask me to do anything with him. And, you know, his dad was really present and... Caleb's like, Catherine wants me to spend more time, but my 
job is on the weekend, it's hard to. And Craig goes, yeah, man, she was worried if she did get more custody that you would leave. And we get a flashback to, of course, that scene. And um, he's like, yeah, man, I've been staying with Chelsea. He tells the guys he's not staying there. He goes, it just really weighs on my heart. Like, And Shep says, me and Craig have known Catherine since she was 21. And I got to tell you, she can burn bridges like no one else. And Craig says, I know you don't want to go home, but maybe try for her. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm planning on going home tonight. And Shep's like, good luck. Uh, so now we, uh, uh, Caleb's like, yeah, I got to leave for the dinner tonight. And he goes, I love her. We should be able to work it out in a talking head, but he's almost trying to convince himself. And we're in a new scene, the last scene with Caleb and Catherine. Uh, he goes over to their place and Catherine is making meatballs in an oven. Like he's she's putting, she's putting the meatballs in the oven. I'm like, I don't know, know what's happening here. He comes in, he's like, hey, I'm back. And she's like, how are you doing? You've got, been gone an entire week. Where you been? And he goes, Chelsea's, what are you cooking? She goes, oh my God, you just like ghosted me. And he goes, I didn't ghost you. We got into a fight. That's all. And in a talking head, she goes, he has one foot in, one foot out. He fully ghosted me. And he goes, do you want to be with me, Catherine? I wanted to come back home to say I love you, you know? And Catherine goes, I have a lot going on and you lack empathy. And he's like, no, I don't. It's like, it's all your feelings about this, though. And... Catherine goes, I'm the only one opening up, Chubbs. I mean, Caleb, I'm the only one opening up. You don't care about my feelings. And and he goes, all I do is try to understand you. You know, I love you and I want to make it work, he says. You, you know, and she goes, you can't abandon ship like you did. And he goes, I'm here now. Let's talk about it. And she goes, are you kidding me? And he goes, shit, just shit, man. And Catherine goes, Caleb, I just don't know. And then she's put the plates down at the dinner and it's, I think it's pasta with meatballs, but then the, it looked like it could be rice with meatballs. I like, I was like, what's going on with the meal? And she's like, well, food's ready. Have a plate and sit down. And he's like, which side is mine? And she goes, doesn't matter. And I'm like, wait, they don't know where they sit in their own house for dinner. Um, they're just sitting, staring at their food. They're not eating it. Just staring at their food. Kind of like the Beverly Hills housewives when they get around food. And uh, she goes, do you think this can work? And he's like, I'm honestly trying to make it work. And she goes, I don't know, man. The past several days, I thought a lot about what I need and want and what I'm not getting. And I feel like you're emotionally unavailable. And I've been in relationships like that. And you aren't taking the steps to fulfill the role that I would like someone to fill. And it's hard to feel that right now, you know? And I didn't realize what I was getting into. Um, oh, he says, I didn't realize what I was getting into three months ago with a mother, you know, and with your kids, you being a mother and with your kids and seeing you and Thomas battle it out. You know, it makes me pull back a lot. Um, it's a lot for someone to go through. Which is a very honest thing to admit. It might not be the greatest thing to admit, but it's honest, I guess. And he's not saying this like a dick. I will, I will say that. And he goes, I de she goes, I definitely come with a lot of baggage. I have two children, you know, and I'm in a custody battle with my ex. But if you feel overwhelmed emotionally, maybe don't be in a relationship. I thought we were building a solid foundation for the future and this just isn't working. And he goes, I think we just need to calm down and, uh, 
you know, and she goes, I think I need to clean my hands. And she's like, I never pictured a moment where we would go our separate ways, Caleb, but I feel like that is the best thing for you and me. And Caleb's like, do you like my Nirvana shirt? Now Caleb's like, oh shit, I don't want to, damn. And she's like crying that one single tear kind of cry. And a talking head, Catherine goes, after the guys I dated, you know, I want I want somebody that is kind and that has value, but sometimes that's that's not enough. And then Caleb's like, "Wow, this is tough." Well, I'm gonna go grab some stuff. <laughs> like he, I mean, you tell he's affected, but he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna go pack a bag." And he didn't eat any of the food. He's like, "Got saved from eating that food." He's like, "Well, this isn't edible," and he leaves. And the door shuts, and she blows out these little candles on the table, and she leans next to the refrigerator. She kind of gives that cry, that's you know, crying. And, uh, you know, that old leg, I've been here before. Oof, I feel, I've felt this before. So that is the end of this episode. We have the 100th episode coming up on Thursday where we have scenes like Austin and Craig talking and Craig's like, yo, punctuations are worse than emojis over a text. We see a scene with Taylor and Shep and uh, Taylor's questioning where he's been. And she's like, where do you think I'm going and doing? Then we have one with Caleb and his cousin Chelsea. And he's like, I don't know how to show emotion like she needs. Then we have Madison Vanita having the birthday party. And we find out that uh, Catherine and Olivia both have been invited, as well as Miss Patricia. And Patricia makes a toast from this time forward. It's a clean slate. And then the next shot, we have Catherine screaming at the table. Fuck off, Naomi. And then Miss Patricia going, no F words, please. And that is Southern Charm, you guys. What a supersized episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for always being here and thinking. For the people that like this show, thank you for being here and, and all, all of that stuff. I think this is, man, what a cool blend of topics today. And I can't wait to talk to you guys. And we, you know, Wednesday, we got a great guest. More information coming your way. I, I have like 30 pop culture stories that have happened in the last day that I want to talk about that I'll put in Wednesday as well. And that's it, man. I hope you guys have the best Tuesday ever. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, and also Patreon baddies. I'm going to do the ultimate girls trip in the morning. It's midnight right now and I need to get sleep. This was a bear of a show. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you to our sponsor Hulu. Their new reality series Vanderpump Villa is an unfiltered portrait of what it is like to work in the glamorous French countryside while striving to impress Lisa Vanderpump. As guests arrive for their lavish vacation, the Vanderpump Villa staff are pushed to their limits, ready to cater to every whim, all the while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. Betches.